0: Mary Elizabeth Winstead gets smashed. We've seen the ring and we reflect on Candyman this week on
1: 302010 30 Thirty twenty 10. 30, 20, 10, 30 20, 10. Three decades every show sometimes associated videos. 30 2010 30 20, 10. Surprises and excitement yes we're going to the 90s and 2000s. and 2010s on 30 20,
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 30 2010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. I feel like my voice sounds weird already. Oh, I'm a little under the weather, but hey, uh, it's October, so we have horror movies in every single segment of 30 2010, where you look back at the world 30 2010 years ago. You know how this works, right? We start from a single week, like October 14th through 20, through the 20th, and then we go back in time 30, 20, and 10 years 1992, 2002, and 2012 from where we're recording right now. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Santista. Who else is there with me?
2: I'm Diana Goodman and RIP Angela Lansbury. Man,
0: yeah. I Aww. really, if I
2: thought was a betting woman and they had said, name a celebrity who's going to hit 100. I thought it was her. So close. It's
0: almost stupid to get to that age and
3: not hit 100. I'm looking at you, Betty White. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Almost 97. <laughs> uh,
3: almost 97. And I'm J.R. Rawls. And, you know, technically speaking, if you wait a long enough amount of time, then after you watch any video, you die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to see if you can remember what I believe Angela Lansbury's last appearance was. Because it's a movie that's like...
3: Live-action Beauty and the Beast? Was she in that? I'm guessing she played the teapot, but I don't know. I, cause it, no this, one remembers the live-action Disney films. Oh,
0: you want to talk about a, a Disney movie nobody remembers. Mary Poppins mm. Returns.
3: Okay. Mary uh. Poppins
0: 2 my, my mother, the biggest Mary Poppins fan in the world, we took her to see it. She snored so loud, we had to take her out of the theater. But uh, it was so boring and so forgettable. I have heard no one mention it in year, in the year since it's came out. But I, I think Lansbury has a cameo in that, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Oh, IMDb is, uh, might be given a spoiler territory Uh-oh. for an appearance in Glass Onion.
0: No. Oh, that's so cool. It's-
2: I'm so hyped. High- I- Couldn't be more hyped for it now. That is so cool.
0: But uh, you better get hyped for some horror movies, for some serious movies, and some seriously stupid fucking movies at some point here, and a bunch of other fun pop culture minutiae. We look at the games, movies, TV, music 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Okay. Got to thank our patrons out of the bat. Patreon.com slash later time. Start us out, JR.
3: Sure. The Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to rigoberta Menchu, uh Yay! she dedicated her life to publicizing guatemala's indigenous peoples during the guatemalan civil war which she, lasted yeah, 36 30. years
2: <laughs> yeah she she is a straight-up hero uh, of mine rigoberta Menchu is mm. amazing because yeah you're in a country where everyone is fighting all the time and no one's getting more fucked than the indigenous people and 1992 i mean we just talked about like columbus and everything like that it's like you know there's still plenty of people descended from those people that are getting screwed over by their colonial ass government Mm. and she really goes she she goes to bat for indigenous peoples pretty much all over central and south america and she was i didn't realize how hella young she was she was like in her Mm. mid-30s and she'd been at this a long time i think her husband or her father was assassinated at some point and she's badass
3: ladies uh in other news the canadian maple leaf flag was upside down at the world series why do
0: i remember this one why is this a? well it was a thing
3: it was (laughs) all over the news
2: it was a thing were the canadians
0: seriously mad
2: about this it has like it's basically an arrow pointing
3: up (laughs) this way up Is the, is the Canadian flag? What, uh, the what, fu- what happened was the Marine Corps only had the standard issue American and Marine Corps flags, and the Canadian flag was provided by stadium officials moments before they went out on the field. So it was just like, "Here you go, take it out." <laughs> <laughs>
0: you could still get like a folded movie poster. It comes out waving.
3: <laughs> to add insult to injury, Canadian singer Tom Cochrane stumbled. Cochran,
2: yeah, life is a highway.
3: Yes, stumbled through singing the Canadian National Anthem. Oh and he messed it up a few times in different oh, lines.
2: Oh, no, it's not a hard one. Not unless like you have to do it in French, too.
3: <laughs> I, oh, I don't know man. if he had to it's, do it in French. It's a
2: lot easier than the Star Spangled Banner, which is like fucking impossible to sing.
3: The yes. Star Spangled Banner has one of the worst melodies to sing to of any song out there. It's,
2: oh, poor Canada. Yeah. They'll get their revenge in this World Series though, spoiler alert. Yeah, oh,
3: okay. I thought you were spoilers just, coming. Gonna, gonna meant karmically,
0: globally, politically, and economically and socially. Yep. They will get their revenge.
2: And, yeah. And as things get worse and worse in the United States, I'd like to remind my Canadian friends and relatives of what a good house guest I am.
0: Yes, and 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 you know what you need? You need pop culture through an American lens recording up there once 2020 goes real bad. And uh 20, sorry, not twenty. Twenty, twenty. Never mind. Leave me alone. My brain is not sharp today. Twenty,
2: honestly. I'm, Come I'm on.
0: Drunk on Dimatap, <laughs> But oh, the other only other news I saw, which uh, I'm paraphrasing here. Remember, we talked about the sketch comedy show The Edge, and it really mm. was trying to be in living color, for lack of a better word for white people. But but trying to be <laughs> trying to be controversial and very fox and it this week it did a 90210 sketch that was all about incest and aaron spelling is pissed the network is pissed and critics are pissed i thought that was hol- <laughs> aaron spelling demanded an apology to from <laughs> from the edge this week the only sketch comedy to ever star jennifer aniston and wayne knight as far as i know prove me wrong in the comments <laughs> uh mo- moving on to movies of 1992 october 14th to the 20th under siege is still number one in the box office because it's pretty good yeah it's a pretty good fair. movie uh it, we said that very reluctantly we did not recommend steven seagal but we very much recommended <laughs> <laughs> under siege new movies this week include the new gun with diane lane james la Stephen collins tess harper and bruce altman
2: i remember seeing this ages ago and i didn't even realize that was diane lane i feel like an idiot yeah I mean, my new gun yeah. is kind of this weird little black comedy about like basically a trophy wife and her husband's like we need a gun for protection and she's like oh no and and then she kind of like the the thinking about the gun and the gun just it existing sort of looms over her whole life and then like her weird neighbor takes it and she's like well this isn't gonna go anywhere good and it's kind of fun it's a it's a very like tiny baby little indie kind of movie that i guess we still sort of have they're like basically no budget but they don't have decent size actors or production values Mm. but back then we were starting to get more female filmmakers and yeah this is one of just like it's an oddball little thing yeah my new gun like it's it's odd light light recommend of just like well this is different i
0: i have an oddball light recommend for the public eye me too yeah because the the movie with joe pesci barbara hershey stanley tucci jerry adler and dominic chinezzi i think how do we say this chianzi chinezzi chinezzi
2: uh you got it. Uncle,
1: Uncle June. June,
0: Uncle June. I could say that now that I'm stuffy. Uncle June. Fucking uh, this movie it's it's maybe this is like a 80s kid, 90s kid phenomenon when you like get a VHS and it's like and it has like 18 trailers in front of it. Hmm. Um, One of them was for public eye. I assume this is going to be the biggest movie of all
3: time. It's a huge bomb. What an odd leading man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I'm not, no insult to the man or people who look like him, but people who look like <laughs> Thank him you. do Thank not you, end up to be <laughs> stars. By and large, come on. I mean, they we keep we,
0: we keep saying, saying that I was reading movies. today Ryan Reynolds is doing a movie, but John Candy, another unlikely looking star. We were talking about Danny DeVito, top lighting, Batman returns, unlikely star. The entirety of Gene Hackman, a, a man no one wanted to be in, no woman wanted to be with, being a leading man. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Sorry to Gene Hackman the, who's still alive.
3: <laughs> who's the unlikely star of 2022?
0: <sighs> you got to be funny. You got to be funny.
2: I don't know if, I mean, we definitely don't have an equivalent to a, a Joe Pesci or a Danny DeVito that we're like, these are stars that open movies.
0: Yeah. You might, you might. It's s-
2: that weird.
0: Yeah. You might have a successful comedy show.
1: Yeah. Seven
2: I
3: Kevin James. Know. He maybe, might be. Maybe,
0: maybe. Maybe Charlie Day. He's, <laughs> yeah,
2: he's a I cute little a guy. Yeah.
3: But anyway, the public eye. So this was what I call an HBO movie. It was on sure. HBO all the time. Mm-hmm. I would have never, ever saw this in theaters, but I, watching it, it for the show, it all came back to me. It was like, yeah, I've seen this more times than I've seen Avengers Endgame. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: it's, it's, it's yeah. the director couldn't get the rights to a real photographer and mm-hmm. just Ouija. Ouija. Yeah, who's a,
2: a famous crime scene photographer. So they just made up one. It was basically the same.
0: Yeah. and, and. I thought it was quite charming back in the day, and I've, I've seen it since. It, it just like it totally bombed and completely disappeared.
2: Yeah, yeah. which is it's a bummer because it's I mean, it's kind of like a light noir, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. He, he, he gets framed for murder, he gets in over his head, that kind of thing. Um, I think it's I, I, I mean,
3: mean, it's a classic it, period supposed to evoke those noir feelings. It's that noir world, Uh, you know. She's a total femme fatale and. She's attracted to Joe Pesci, and they've got this chemistry going on, which surprised me, but it's there. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I love that. <laughs> He's he almost understands, like, oh, she's playing me because no one who looks like that would be with me. Yeah. But hope springs eternal because that's how noirs work. Yeah, big lug. I was trying to think, you know, honestly, what just kind of gave me mm-hmm. vibes, it was interesting that, like, first it kind of made me think about uh, Road to Perdition because we had the the character in that that was vaguely based on Ouija, but it's like this pairs well of like, this is what's happening over here while LA Confidential's going on. Oh, neat.
3: Oh, neat.
2: They, I, they, I feel like they relate very strongly.
0: Yeah, a cigar yeah. chomping photographer with a, a light bulb that goes god i've always wanted to use one of those cameras
2: it just wants to get the filthiest story possible doesn't care who gets hurt by it yeah yeah the public eye is yeah it's just sort of forgotten and if you like
3: noir and period film it's a light recommend for me Mm -hmm. i mean i there's not a lot of films that take place in wartime new york yeah I'm uh,
0: uh, having sure. trouble thinking Captain America, the first Avenger. Sure. <laughs> That's about it.
2: Uh, on the town? No. It's not war.
0: And uh, yeah, but I don't know. It, mm. it, and help me figure out what, what movie the public eye was a preview at the beginning of, because I've seen the preview 400,000 times. Next up in 1992, we have a movie with uh, Kimberly McCullough, Forrest Whitaker, E.G. Marshall, Rebecca Miller, Kevin Spacey, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio and kevin klein
2: you did
0: it what <laughs>
2: you did it I, did, you I stumbled I, I, over that one so many times it's
0: an italian and i think exactly. look in, in honor of her miss winstead and my sister i think it's time we retire the the name elizabeth for middle name for a, for a girl for a boy give it a shot i'd love to see it hmm. uh christopher elizabeth antista anyway kevin like klein it. and consenting adults
2: oh it's erotic thriller time yeah. except um well, it's 1992, so it's not obvious that Kevin Spacey's the villain. <laughs> we haven't quite gotten there yet. There's that nice little period where he's always going to be the villain. Don't even try to trick
3: Ooh, us. that's Yeah. And E.G. Marshall is a, hum- is a
0: human voice actor instead of just a voice actor.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess sometime oh, after I Usual Suspects, yeah, realized, oh, wait, what was I thinking? Of course he's the villain. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, um... Yep, there's two couples, and they're friendly, and they're great, and hey, maybe we should swing. I don't know if we should swing. And now, murder. Murder. Oh no, I've been framed for murder. All those innocuous things that happened before, it turns out we're just about getting my finger mitts for the murder. Is that
0: the lesson of movies? Never commit a murder unless you got a patsy to frame, to do an old frame up.
2: Yeah.
0: It's the second movie in a row with a frame job.
2: Yep. Uh, I admit I did not get to it. I was curious because like Kevin Klein's so picky. I was kind of curious what attracted him to this. Probably being able but, to swing. Yeah. <laughs> Getting to make out with Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio and Rebecca Miller, maybe, but the reviews are pretty weak and it's directed by Alan J. Pakula, who is very good at thrillers, and every review was like, this is so dumb. Why is it so dumb? And that makes me sad.
0: And, and this is just anyway, anecdotal.
2: adults, let's get it out of the way because sure. this week we've had some huge, huge weeks the last couple of weeks, massive long ass shows. And now I think we're going to go less long, but yeah. it's like all horror this week. <laughs> And I hate it's it because September. I'm a weenie.
3: It's, uh, is but, this
2: week of October? Of course, it's going to be all horror movies, but I'm such a weenie. And because this
3: know. is when you release horror movies. Yeah. You don't yes. release them on Halloween. You release them weeks before Halloween so they have time to right. get a good opening and chug along, maybe get some good buzz. And you and don't then
0: release them some at some the buzz. end of August, to modern day movies. Jesus Christ. Yeah. End of August? Yeah. Did Please. you
2: say that something's got good buzz?
0: Ah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That, that is a trivia question I, I wanted What is the horror movie worked on By the same person who worked on My Girl and the Deadly Bees Why of course It's <laughs> Gilbert Lewis, Cassie Lemons Vanessa A. Williams Xander Berkeley, Tony Todd and Virginia Madsen In Candyman Candyman, Candyman,
2: Have you ever heard of Candyman?
0: Look in the mirror and say it once
2: Candyman
0: for fun You don't
2: believe all that nonsense anyway do you?
0: say it
1: again Candyman. for a scare a woman died in there leave it say it five times no i ever got past four you're dead candy man
0: try it we dare you Candyman. man it arm oh i was so I... happy to get to re-watch this on peacock i believe you can watch this on peacock yeah. stream is on peacock right now
2: i just say this week we have I think at least three movies where someone will literally say, you don't believe that nonsense, do you? <laughs> and then they get murdered by it.
3: Murdered. Okay, but if anyone in real life told you that something s- supernatural was happening to them, what would your reaction be?
0: Let's do it. <laughs> Let's, we did. and I, We tried this. Uh, we were scared for a little while, but I think at a slumber party with like five guys, we we pulled up the, yeah, the quintuple candy man. And oh. uh, Tony Todd came to the house. It was All amazing.
3: Right. All right, let's yeah. let's do this because I 100% when this movie came out it was the buzz around the schoolyard. Yep. <laughs> Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? I did it. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm no. the guy in the horror movie that's gets gets killed uh... before the opening credits. I'm the guy who <laughs> says, "That's not true. Here I'll prove it," and then I die.
0: And 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 I just wanted to say cuz I haven't rewatched this in years, but like I think I may have snuck into the theaters to see it. This is a, a huge phenomenon and oh. That I never loved, but I'm giving a shout out to our to our uh, black friends out there, especially back when I was in middle school, because they had a tendency to make everything cool at this point in time of culture, music, television, movies, and I think the excitement over getting a black Freddy Krueger superseded like... I didn't like this movie at all I was way too young to appreciate anything it was saying it, it, it's not a slasher film and I, I just like yeah it's kind of cool the myth is kind of cool but like I didn't really get it and like when you're watching this as an adult I mean or a young black person in middle school <laughs> you'll get a lot more out of it yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I'm blown away by the, the things this movie has to say.
3: Well, it, it does raise an interesting question for me. You know, what makes a black film? Is it an all black cast? Is well, it, it certain- a black protagonist?
0: <laughs> it certainly isn't a black star, a black writer, a black director, and based on a book by a black writer because Candyman has none of that. Right. Nope. A bunch of Brits. Yep. It's a bunch of Brits doing it. I think right? that was my disappointment as a little kid seeing it. Like I was promised a Black Freddy Krueger, and you don't really get that. You get something a little more complicated. It, right. I was trying to yeah. think of what it reminded me of, but just like this mythological character who essentially keeps framing Virginia Madsen for crimes from which she cannot escape. It's <laughs> so well, strange.
3: Yeah. All right. So, I would call this film. It's about a white person entering black people's space.
1: Yeah, hmm. mm-hmm. you know
3: that's what this film seems to be about. But it does okay. seem to have resonated with the African American community because they were getting so few films at the time. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the modern day Candyman remake of it, that is a black film on a whole never. And that's level.
0: that's why I was I. Really, like the second we got done recording Thirty Twenty Ten last week, I ran upstairs and started watching Candyman because from everything everyone tells me, Candyman Two Thousand Twenty One is one of the best movies of that year. But it does—it is the Halloween to Halloween. You—you you really need to have refreshed your memory of Candy, the original Candyman. Yeah,
3: I can't imagine watching the Twenty Twenty One version mm. without being very familiar with the night. And, and I version. wasn't.
0: I'd seen it so many times. I cannot explain how much of a phenomenon Candyman was when i was in middle school everybody wanted to see it everybody was talking about it and when i watch it now I'm mm-hmm. like why
3: none of you kids had any idea what this movie was about no it- no my, no. my i didn't he's... have a clue about yeah. what this film was trying to say i mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm.
2: because he's not a black freddy krueger he's a victim yeah he's a guy who got lynched and now he's like trapped in cabrini green housing right. project apparently but, but, and he's haunting other black people no go haunt the white people that was the only <laughs> thing i kept thinking in this movie it was just like that's, go haunt the white people that's an
3: utterly valid criticism because yeah. freddy krueger he was burned by the parents so he's going after their kids okay Candyman he doesn't have any logic for going after african-americans he was lynched and burned by the white people of this area and then he's attacking the african-americans it doesn't make any sense
2: I think he's just trapped there. I think he's just trapped there. They they built Cabrini Green on his remains, and so he's trapped there, and he's gonna haunt whoever he can.
3: I I I was
0: reading; even Roger Ebert was like, "I like this film a lot." Do not try and read too much logic into like how this works at all, because the rest of the movie, Mm. if you don't think about that aspect of it, what makes sense and what doesn't, it's it's a pretty interesting fucking horror movie. It's just not; it was not the slasher movie I expected it was. Mm -mm. Well, Well, not yet. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I I can't speak to the sequels. I haven't seen any of them. But uh, spoiler for a 30 year old movie. At the end of this, Helen becomes the new Candyman. And from what I understand, all the sequels just ignore that entirely. Because why would you have Helen be the new Candyman when you have Candyman? I mean, the actor's voice is like I don't think this is digital effects. I think he just has an amazing voice. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Tony Ta is just a good actor. He's he's very imposing. He's a big tall guy. He's got that amazing voice. And I he's got balls of fucking steel to be covered in bees for a huge chunk of that movie.
3: <laughs> That's the other thing. No digital effects in here. And no. I'm looking at the actors going, "Wow." wow on both of you because that is some commitment norman gray
0: working on bee handler for every movie you've ever bead that ever bead had bees in it bead bead bead
2: yeah and i like i mean tony todd his deal was you have to pay me a thousand dollars for every sting (laughs) but also remember he's got them in his mouth he's wearing a protective thing but he has bees in his mouth and he shoots bees at virginia madsen every time he barks who no. I so, don't think, she gets hazard pay, but apparently is allergic to bees and did this anyway. Wow. So Which is like, that shit can kill you.
3: Tony Todd, in his contract, had it written that he got paid $1,000 for every time he got stung on this film. And yep. he got an extra bonus of $23,000. <laughs> Would you allow yourself to be stung yes. twenty three times for a twenty three? I've allowed it
0: to be done to me Probably. because I was going fishing. Why not here? It's that even Stevo got stung more in the ball sack. Uh. Probably, <laughs> I, 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 but I'd also
2: I'm on I'm on camera and I can't react. Oh, that would be
3: a lot harder. Yeah.
2: That's a lot harder. Oh, that's yeah. And they're nice. on your face. They're you in just your eyes. You have to accept the pain
3: with no visible thing. That's way harder. That's way yeah, harder.
2: I'll, yeah. I'd
3: still do it, but it would be a bit of a.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. that's good money. Uh, that's fair, and that's—I mean—that's twice as much as it was as it is now, too, with inflation. So
3: oh, that's true. Whoa, I—I I jump at the uh, chance. Honestly, I need a new car. Oh, yeah. That would be. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You want two followed. grand
2: per sting? Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm down. Yeah, I, this uh, was. Uh, yeah, because I'm a giant chicken. I ended up not watching the whole thing. I just watched a big part of it, and. I was like, but, "Shit!" I think I feel like this kind of got lumped in with, yeah, you know, slasher movies at the time, and I don't feel like it's not a slasher it's movie. Not. It's Clyde a horror Bar- movie. There's a difference.
3: Clive Barker is a much more cerebral horror writer, I'd say, and this is, of course, based on his work. That and I think right.
0: that explains the ending because it was, of course, written in about English people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. adapted here to be about culture and way more about race. Yeah, but I think kind of preserve the ending of the tale, which doesn't make a ton of sense, especially when you get into the sequels, because the rest of them become which very Which is slasher.
3: what they ignored in the sequels, yeah. as far as I was able to find out. Yeah, yeah. but that, that's
0: not uncommon. Like a, a character... I mean, tons of people talking about Hellraiser now. The Cenobites show up at the very last second and then become the slasher mm-hmm. killer of every single subsequent film. It happens. But uh, but this, this I was just blown away by, because also the location shots are Gorgeous. And mm-hmm. I don't know of a lot of films that capture the project in Chicago in, in 1990. I can't
3: even think mm-hmm. of anything that
0: does that.
2: Nope. No. And they're gone now.
3: Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, gone. The scene in this film where Virginia Madison takes out the mirror and pushes another mirror forward so that it falls out, mm-hmm. that scene stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And as we've been doing the show through all the erotic thrillers, of 1992, I kept expecting that scene to be in every single one of them, and then it came on Candyman. I'm like, "That's it! That's the scene I remember." <laughs> Why was I jerking off to this? <laughs>
2: you know what's what's scary though is that part is based on a real story.
3: Mm, I can see a, it. A,
2: a murderer who actually did come in through someone's bathroom like that.
3: That was that's creepy mm. as heck. But I don't think Candyman has much. Staying Power in the modern day, I had a sleepover, a couple of them, one for my daughter, one for my son. Both my daughter and my son played Bloody Mary in the mirror, mm-hmm. but no one did anything about Candyman. And that movie just came out last year. So I think mm-hmm. the uh, the idea of look in the mirror in the dark and say a name five times and something will appear still has a lot of cultural cachet. Kids are still doing that. I mean, I didn't teach my son that. I have no idea wow, where he weird. heard it from. Just passed down from schoolyard to schoolyard, I guess.
0: And I, if, I, if I was being... A- an asshole about it it's because it's an easy conjure man it does you don't have to light anything on fire steal anybody's soul you just say something three times everybody's got a mirror in their house i mean Mm -hmm. apologies to the one person out there listening with no mirror i didn't mean to be anti-mirror but yes i'm just kidding uh but i thought this was such a great revisit and that i got on a way more visceral levels than it, it made the movie scarier it made the movie better if you haven't seen this since 1992, and you did just because it was a cultural juggernaut back then, do it. Oh, uh, uh, you owe it to yourself to do it again if you care about horror movies. I seriously recommend the original Candyman. Mm. And did I anyone,
2: have... you guys, watch the remake? I mean Jr. You mm-hmm. said
3: I watched it right after. Oh wow! We watched Candyman. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
2: okay. Would you recommend that one too? But you said only if you only
3: it. if you've seen the first one, because I absolutely agree with Chris. Mm-hmm. It. Comes in expecting you to know the Candyman mythos. Yeah, mm. that's and, 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 okay. And without it, I don't think it's a good movie as an entity. I don't think it good, does a good job of setting up its world without you already having seen the first Candyman.
2: Gotcha. Okay, I still probably won't watch it because <laughs> I am a wuss.
3: Poor Diana.
0: Hard recommend for me though, and and this is a hard pivot to another one of my favorite things of the '90s. I don't know why. We're going to move into television of 1992, and maybe this is asking, like, too much of a question here, but, like, what was your favorite old show when you were a little kid? Because television was new at 8 o'clock and almost, (laughs) and maybe sometimes between 3 and 5, but almost never was there anything new to watch between there.
3: My favorite old show was the one we're about to talk about. Mine, too. Yeah.
0: Mine too i loved
3: it it was so much better than the brady bunch or yes. bewitched or any of those there were get this old- it
0: it had sl- it had a slapstick duo mm-hmm. it had a smart james bond character it had the hottest women period mm-hmm. that people would annoyingly argue about during the gen x period for way too long just accept that neither of them will sleep with you just kind of this hilarious old couple and diana what do you think we're talking about
2: car 54 where are
0: you no no <laughs> no oh.
2: see that i think that might have been my favorite old show
3: that is the no, second that. best sitcom with herman
0: monster in it
2: exactly
3: hold <laughs> no. up in the bronx brooklyn's broken out and fights but but with Jared, I, I, I we're talking Gilligan about, island. Uh, gilligan's island.
2: about gilligan's island in 1992 for some reason i
0: could i i didn't know it was old had no idea until i saw a picture of recent bob denver and even then he wasn't like that much older and I'm, maybe i'm talking about the mid-80s here but in terms of reruns of stuff that was canceled before i was born remember they made a video game they made two tv movies all of which i thought were happening like concurrently with the production of the show uh, except the one dead giveaway the black and white episodes of gilligan's island which they tried not to show on modern television as we move forward but this is pretty significant only 30 years ago today yet films. not going to do the math here 1964 1964 uh it on the first years the first time ever tbs who was playing this shit like in two hour blocks every day but like check yeah. this out we have this unaired thing you've never seen the unaired pilot the gilligan's island
3: so generations of people like chris and me had watched every episode of gilligan's mm-hmm. island multiple times and there was some of it that we had never seen and that's so was weird so weird so weird
0: and I, I again it's Not just us. I I love that trivia when you watch Blair Witch Project. The most expensive thing in it is Mike starts singing the Gilligan's Island theme song, and they had to pay $30,000 for the rights because it was just too ubiquitous in the culture of the 2000s. Everybody knew that song. It was practically a nursery rhyme. Mm -hmm. So if you're one of those people, this should ring a little strange. In tropical sea is a tropic port. Vacation fun is the favorite sport. This is the place where the tourists flock Renting the boats at the busy dock
1: Two secretaries from USA Sail on a mean on this lovely day A high school teacher is next aboard All taking trips
0: that they cannot afford This is horrible! I mean, it's, you know, it's a fine song, but it's... When you expect the Gilligan's Island theme, it's the Gilligan's Island theme is like 90 seconds that has to tell you about who everybody is and what the premise of the show is. I hate it.
2: (laughs) I hate it so much. Is is Ginger a secretary now and not a fancy movie star?
0: And And the professor is a high school teacher. High school school teacher. teacher. Good luck making a car out of coconuts now. They never, you got to have a master's to perform something like that. <laughs> I'm a high school teacher,
3: <laughs> I could get stranded on a desert island someday. Yeah,
0: make a phone out of a bird skull. I don't know, but it, Gilligan's Island, it it's something I'm, I never feel the need to watch again or even read about, but like as a kid, it totally worked for me.
3: There is not much of a fan base for Gilligan's Island today. I tried to look up like some epic retrospective on youtube you know someone there's youtube retrospectives on everything the biggest thing i could find was a like 10 minute clip that was done to to promote the gilligan's island reality show that we're going to talk about next year (laughs) and (laughs) other than that no there is not like let's really dig deep into gilligan's island there's nothing like that.
2: Because were they like the youngest people on Earth that have nostalgia for Gilligan's so. Island? I think I think are the last yeah. generation We're in here. our 40s.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the creator pitched this as a great social TV show. It's where people of all different walks of life would come together. And it was pitched as much more cerebral than what we actually got. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you know, with, it, it, with less hat hitting? Yes, much less... <laughs> Much less hat hitting and critics hated it. The network hated it. The intelligentsia hated it. Everyone hated it, but the audience, Mm -hmm. it got huge ratings. And this network was just like, fine, where we will air this trash another year. Another it, year. It was still only three seasons,
0: I believe. It, it was yeah, not but... that long a run, but they would make like forty fucking episodes, and yeah, and exactly. and through syndication. Again, it's that thing I keep hammering. Like uh, your favorite show. Becomes your favorite show the more you rewatch it. Like, if you've only seen Breaking Bad once, it might not be your favorite show. And syndication in the monoculture really helped with that. That, yeah, being able to watch things over and over again. I say able to. I should say unable to do anything else.
3: Three seasons, 98 episodes. So each season was basically 33 episodes. Wow. And then you have four TV movies. Uh, Don't watch
0: Rescue from Gilligan's Island.
3: Watch I, the Harlem I Globetrotters
0: the one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. That's where all that Futurama shit comes from. Well, maybe the Hannah Barbera <laughs> stuff, too. But then, uh, like, Jesus, hard pivot. Different world. Somebody say ho. Oh.
3: Yes. Yeah, this is a verbal assault case at the traditional black college that the different uh, world show is set at. Is where they come where from. Where one of the students calls a female student a ho, and then they're put into a trial-like situation to determine if they're going to be expelled for verbal assault. And there's all talk on it about how it's just part of his culture and he's from a lower class. And then it was interesting, but they wimped out at the last minute. They they revealed that the original crime that he was up there for that set off the tit-for-tat that resulted in him calling a woman a hoe was done by someone else. So, therefore, the trial is dismissed, and they never declare if he was committing verbal assault or not.
2: Hmm. This sounds like political correctness run amok.
3: <laughs> I Same
2: complaints different day. But we don't.
0: Right. Do we that's have verbal assault charges? I mean, that's something that can get you fired, but I don't know that it's something that, or maybe I guess it could get you expelled. It can get you expelled. Yeah.
3: yeah that, and he's that's not going point. to jail for this. It's just, right. are we going to expel you for calling one of your fellow students a prostitute?
0: I'm like, no, I was making a a Thundercats call. I'm not going to do it because I have a sore throat. Yeah, different world. forget how much I watch of that show. Holy shit. Uh, But it can't compare to how much I watch of The Simpsons, including Lisa the Beauty Queen. What a wonderful episode.
3: There's just two parts of this episode that really stick out with me uh, that I couldn't let us get by without playing yeah, please. <laughs> so go ahead and play it, the set. It, I'd say 53 years old and 420 pounds. Ha ha, you lose 36 and 239. So we are all a lot older than Homer Simpson right now. Yep. Speak for yourself.
0: But I but I always said uh, I, when I started watching The Simpsons, I was Bart's age. When I started podcasting about The Simpsons, I was Homer's age. Now I'm old, like Abe Simpson's age, Dr. Hibbert's age. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I don't know that the Simpsons had said his age and weight other than the arcade game. So somewhere it was, it was sacrosanct that that was Homer's age and weight.
3: The, the problem is, if Homer got Marge pregnant when she was eighteen and they were in, in the college, 70s. that age yeah. makes no sense. But it mm. does
0: if you're starting from eighty-nine.
3: No, because if he was For eighteen, 80, eighty-seven when he follow my math here. okay he knocked up marge when they were 18 right <laughs> yeah, uh-huh bart is 12 right what bart is, bart 12 is 11 years old. okay bart's 11 nine mm-hmm. months to to be born call that 12 years okay. mm-hmm. 18 plus 12
0: i'm not getting this at all I'm not, <laughs> he should be I'm 30
3: <laughs> he should be 30 if he impregnated marge when they were both 18 and they have a 12 year old son or yes. an 11 year old son
0: you mean Lisa, Lisa's not older? No, I'm Lisa's just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't I'm just kidding. And then uh,
2: Lisa should not want to compete in a beauty pageant, though. I'll give you she that doesn't,
3: She doesn't. It it is utterly forced upon her. But she's
2: I don't think she'd even show up. But she's cuter than a
3: bug's ear. But then uh, in. if it's any consolation, she only wins because the real winner was struck by lightning. Yes. So a little girl was horribly hurt. <laughs> so that she she could be a beauty queen.
0: <laughs> and then, of course, there's this classic quote. Uh, it's got the crusty seal
3: of approval.
2: I heartily endorse this event or product.
3: I, that is just part of JR at this point. Any yep. time I see a celebrity who obviously doesn't want to be somewhere, mm. I heartily endorse this event or product.
0: It, yep. D- that, If anything, to show you the young generation's working way harder, because those influencers would fall, fall over their backs to advertise the worst energy drink, specific by name and for 40 minutes. Moving on to the last show, we're going to talk about this segment. Batman the Animated Series, perchance to dream.
3: So as we mentioned, the Batman the Animated Series episodes are just coming like a freight train, and I've had to like hold myself back from just putting one every week, but mm-hmm. this is such an amazing episode. This is where bruce wakes up to find that his life is completely different oh, yeah. his parents is alive uh there's no bat cave alfred has no memory of robin and he's engaged to marry a non-catwoman selena kyle and turns out it's all a dream but this is kevin conroy's favorite episode yeah because Ooh. he gets to play a bruce wayne who's not batman and he gets to play bruce wayne's father and then he gets to play Batman. I mean, what an acting performance yeah. there! That and you can hear it in his voice. He does an amazing job.
0: I think that's w- what's always distinguished him as the best Batman. His, his Bruce Wayne and his Batman are completely distinctive, even though yeah. they sort of sound the same. Adam West yeah. did not try to make them separate characters. You hear that, chum? Yeah.
3: Uh <laughs> yeah. and his
2: but... Batman is not hyper unrealistic. Too. Yeah, it's no, it's quite a Batman. No. <laughs>
3: Let me ask you something. Have either of you ever read in a dream?
0: I yeah. don't know, I don't because I know i I had read something in a dream, but I don't remember the act of reading so yeah. this I,
2: I read stuff all the time in dreams, but it's usually because I have some sort of task that I have to do, so I have to read a bunch of files so I can organize them. My dreams suck
3: so This episode says that you cannot read in a dream, and I've tried to see if there's any validity to that, and I get conflicting reports. Some clinical psychiatrists say, yes, you cannot read in a dream. What you are actually doing is having a more experience like what we think mental telepathy is, where instead of actually reading it, you just know what it is. I think other than, other than
0: big signs, I don't recall any words usually in a dream, but they would be like, it would be no more than three and it'd be like on a billboard.
2: That's a good point. I don't, I don't remember looking at a thing and seeing exact words that I am reading on them. Yeah. So
3: kind of related, how many hours a day on average do you think you look, you are speaking looking at your cell phone leave me alone jr i don't want to know how many okay. hours am you I don't want to know follow-up question have you ever seen your cell phone in a dream
0: no not not no, looking no. at it like that
1: no not really it's usually yeah.
0: I, I think that's the 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 minutiae of being without it is what most of my dreams are all about hmm. being forced but to interact and touch things and be outside
3: that was in one of the articles I read that said you can't read in a dream, and that's why you never look at your cell phone in a dream.
0: What, I can't fucking mm-hmm. match gems and kill people in Fortnite in a dream? What the fuck? I
2: don't know. Let's I'm going to have later. to think about this. I think I've gotten phone calls in dreams.
0: Yes. So yeah, I have using too. Using the
2: phone for a phone.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I believe that. And has also, I had too.
2: a dream a little while ago where someone handed me what looked like a giant Slim Jim from the 7-Eleven and said it was a phone and that there was a phone call for me wow and i was like okay that's weird and then but i took the slim jim and i put it to my ear and there was a phone call there Whoa. and it was a guy trying to talk me into refinancing my house and i was like god damn, god damn it. <laughs> it all this for that
0: uh i and since i have nowhere else to say it i've been i've just woken up from an almost 30 hour sick slumber uh had a massive dream where sam teamed up with jerry seinfeld to write a raunchy summer camp comedy set at a bible camp and it was and i had a major part but it kept getting like scaled back and scaled back but everything else was like neon rollerblades titties everywhere my whole family was there it wasn't sexy huge shoot jerry seinfeld playing uh in clown makeup the whole time it was very strange and lovely but <laughs> anyway so so speaking of my friend, I just got to tell my friend this the other day. I was a massive video game fan and big fan. It's Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, Nintendo, PC stuff. And I'm like, this is it. This is going to define me. I'm a bigger fan of this than I am of television and comics. And like, I'm just going to be a gamer my whole life. And then the CD generation starts and just like, oh, I don't think I like these anymore. The same way I stopped liking He-Man and transformers and teenage mutant ninja turtles i guess i'm just done with games and i was telling my friend i was wasn't really paying attention i was reading some game magazines at the time but wasn't playing and like went over to slumber party one time and it turned out to be my friend melendez who's been on this podcast i met him at a party where it's like oh cool mortal kombat three at home what the fuck is this twisted metal thing okay i'm back in but i basically took two or three years of puberty off because of things like the sega cd which launches this week Which is telling? What would you like? Not even visual novels, like Laserdisc.
3: No, no. this is this is the this is inaugurating the age of full motion video, and it took a good solid two, maybe even three years for the world to realize that this is a bad idea. Mm. I mean, these are postage stamp videos at literally 100p resolution yeah and then they blow it up and they display it with all the power that the sega genesis has at its disposal to play video which is not much yuck okay so it's real bad this was my birthday present and my christmas present combined oh i i heard that the sega cd was going to have 320 times the storage size wow. of a standard Genesis cartridge. And that's accurate. But my little puberty brain thought that meant, okay, I'm going to have a video game that's 320 times the size of the video games I've been playing.
0: And then you see <sighs> that that intro, which might be the most underwhelming system intro ever, the Sega CD. Look it up, kids. It's hysterical. Should have played it. Uh,
3: but yeah, yeah. Uh, they promised hollywood production values what you actually got was your artistic cousin's homemade video made for about a dollar 50 in his basement with his stoner friends
2: it seems so obvious now to just use disks for regular video game stuff that they were doing on cartridges and, like and you said they, you could did. just do sprites and you just have a lot more sprites instead of trying to and, have.
0: And they did. They
2: human were... video. Remember, everyone, DVDs are not like out yet. We don't yeah, know no. what that
0: is. That's that's not for a while. But yeah, the the, no. the, the Sega CD two. It's somewhat credit. It could handle be- arcade ports better and did restore a lot of original music and CD quality music to more traditional games. But okay. there's still, if those games were any good, they have a better version, the Sega CD version out yeah. there. So other than the yeah. Final Fight fighting game.
3: I was expecting a Sonic game with 320 levels. That's what I was expecting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's,
3: instead and you, you
2: could... got... Oh, this is... I I have seen two of these games I'm seeing on the list, and I'm intrigued by the some of the names, but I remember Night Trap being a big deal. Oh, my God!
3: <laughs> Famous game on the Sega CD, I would say.
0: I, I think a lot of times in social media, you see a lot of people overreacting to a headline when they haven't read the article. But yeah. at least you're not Congress. And... <laughs> I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going to buy a Sega CD. I'm not even going to pay someone to tell me what's in this game. I'm going to assume it's Dana Plato being raped for eight hours and then present that to a congressional hearing, which is what they did. Like, there's nothing offensive in this game at all.
3: This, If this was a film, it would be PG. Yep. (laughs) I'm serious. There's
0: nothing offensive in this period, and... our po- elected politicians made it a thing for years. For years. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason it's still famous, because otherwise it would have been forgotten about entirely. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, So
3: this is a horrible game. Mm-hmm. You have to choose between watching the video or playing the game, and that's a bad combination. <laughs> the point of the game is you're in charge of a security camera, uh, five and then you at have Freddy's. to flip between cameras and push a button to catch the bad guys. And in order to do that, You have to go away from the story. So it it did that so that you would play it multiple times. But it's a boring thing to play multiple times. Mm -hmm. And the story is not that good. So it started off as a lot better of a game. It was going to have ninjas. And then they turned it into vampires. But then Hasbro, who are the people who made this game, came up (laughs) and said, this has to have non-repeatable violence this has to have violence that it's not possible for any kid to repeat so that's why you have these blood sucking vampires that don't actually suck blood and have this cumbersome blood sucking thing they have to use because no kid is going to have one of those around their house I'll tell you that <laughs> but me and my best friend at the time played this and we were so excited for it so disappointed
0: oh, it sucks. and <laughs> it, it's been re-released in like 4k you can get it almost any way you want in a a brand new box copy today.
3: Um, I, I meant to play it with my son to see what he thought of it, but I couldn't. No,
0: I, I, I just, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have any nostalgia for this. I've done so much research and played it once. I got a Sega CD emulator working, just like I would never touch this again, never, like not even to but stream see, it.
3: I played it when it first came out, mm-hmm. and I had a bit of Stockholm syndrome no, <laughs> about my Sega CD <laughs> because it was a Christmas and a birthday combined, and I, then I, I was stuck you, with
0: it. One of the weirdest Laser Times we ever did, episodes of Laser Time, was a theme. We usually pick a theme, but it was only a single award show called Cybermania, hosted by Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Leslie Nielsen, the original <laughs> comedy team. And, uh, but it's a video game award show from this era, and it's very clear no Japanese developers want to participate, and it's really exalting the CD as the new gaming medium, and just keeps nominating all, all games like this that, like, nobody is fucking playing. It's it's a big, giant joke representative of this forgotten era that has no fans in, uh, in gaming, such as Black Hole Assault. I don't know about Black Hole Assault. I don't know about that game because there's a couple really good shoot 'em ups on the arcade games, Japanese arcade games on the. Sega CD.
3: Yeah. I, don't I know, mean, 90% of the effort on this game was spent on the cutscenes because ah. it is a lousy fighting game. But before we move on for sorry, just sorry. a tiny smidge of nostalgia, could we play that sweet, sweet Night Trap theme song?
0: You thought it was the 90s? No.
3: the creator of night trap is now in his own living nightmare because 30 years ago when this came out he had this to say you know i have this horrible feeling that 20 years from now somebody's gonna call me and say jim we we want to do an interview you know uh and i'm gonna say great you know is it is it wirehead is it is it this new
2: show no night trap the classic the great the great you know we
3: want to get the behind the scenes of night trap yeah, I'm mean, pulling this stupid binder out. <laughs> you know, every five years going, yeah, well, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> Joke's on you because that's the only thing people call up the maker of this game to talk about. Wow.
0: <laughs> Statements like that let me believe you've never played Wirehead or whatever no, the fuck I he mentioned. Even heard of that. No, it's just he <laughs> mentioned it in the clip. I have no idea what Wirehead is. I thought it may have been a game. Never mind. Uh, Cobra Command for Sega CD. And perhaps most insultingly, their Make My Video series launches with the system with Marky Mark's Make My Video. It was...
3: Oh, boy. Haven't you been together with your sister, her friends, your neighbors, and your parents while arguing about what the perfect Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch music video should look
0: like? Yeah, you ever been at a slumber party and you're watching Beyonce's Lemonade and like, I wish I
3: edited that? No. No. (laughs) And don't you want to hear advice from these people for hour after hour. How about more like bums and stuff, you know, making really gross with like big old loogies hanging off their
1: beards and stuff. <laughs> Give me some shots of Las Vegas with gamblers and card players and stuff, and we could use the FX to flip. <laughs> this is so
3: <laughs> dumb, game folks. That's what you get oh. when you shoot. Edit this. Game Informer gave this their first and only. Zero out of ten. Wow! Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh. oh
2: man! And then look, I know what Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch videos looked like at the time because we've played from their second and last album that is already out. There's a lot of running around a Sparks factory.
0: Yes, and a lot of zoom, a lot Just, of uh, a lot of laughin zooms on abs.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I miss videos that take place at the factory where they make sparks, though.
3: (laughs) I I have thought that it would be a good idea if someone released like literally all the video they shot of a film to the public domain or (laughs) or to a DVD or whatever and just said, amateur editors, here you go. Just do whatever you can. This is literally all the video we have for this music video or for this movie. Let me see what you can do.
0: <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah. Not
2: if a... they were like loogies and stuff, man. <laughs> and,
0: and and it's not a bad way to try and uh get out of paying a union editor. And then with Sherlock Holmes consulting detective whew.
2: this I've has this. this. This I've has, seen.
3: <laughs> it has probably the best full motion video of any Sega CD game, and that's saying something. Um it's a decent Sherlock Holmes video the game itself is just not that great you can't really repeat it Mm -mm. once you solve the mystery you can't really solve it again so yeah
2: and it has a restart function it's the only thing I remember from seeing this because Michael played it for something from some article or something (laughs) where to get back everything that you have that you've picked up that you've seen whatever there's you have to put in a code It's not like alphanumeric. It's like pictures of stuff. So it's like rose, rose, heart, rose, pipe, hat, rose, pipe, pipe, up arrow. You don't have a keyboard to put that in. You have to do it with little arrow Because there's still no way to save on a CD. The worst (laughs) is a long code full of garbage. You have to pretty much put your face up to the TV to look at it. It's so hard to tell what those things are supposed to be. <laughs> and last, it sucks.
0: Last but sort of least, except, you know, it sort of was the flagship product of this entire console. Sewer Shark launched this, this <laughs> day. Sewer Shark.
2: All I need is a title. I'm in.
0: <laughs> I mean, a, a, so go ahead. I, there's a lot of, uh, of the UI that's been edited into Alex Jones' videos with the Sewer Shark music that makes me laugh a whole lot. Alex Jones looks way more believable as a Sega CD game than he does as a human (laughs) pundit. But, like, a lot of this is just a story where you barely have control of this thing going underground, blah, blah, blah. It's
3: a first-person rail shooter video game with some crappy full-motion video about after the apocalypse. We all live in sewers, man. It's true.
0: It's true, but it it, it might have scored the best for an exclusive Sega CD game, as opposed to Marky Marks Zero. Zero.
2: I want to play it so bad now. I want to see footage of, like, Las Vegas, and then we use effects.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want bums. Big, giant British bums. From that bad pun, I'm moving on to comic books of 1992. And what do we got,
3: Jr.? We got Batman, Sword of Asriel. This mm-hmm. is the introduction of Asriel, who would later become Batman. He was created specifically to take over Batman and specifically to fail at being Batman so that Bruce Wayne could return. Because oh. <laughs> nothing <laughs> like the status quo in comics. They planned for it.
0: And then coming into music of 1992, End of the Road by Boys to Men is still number one. We also have new music. Wow, it's well, been like two months. I know. Uh, It was a huge song, though, and...
1: I know, but come on. And
0: everybody who had a prom or dance that year has even more stupid fucking meaning. Jesus, my first slow dance to this was this, this song at a summer camp. Other new releases from October 14th to the 20th include Ignition by The Offspring. Uh, Carnival of Carnage by the debut of the Insane Clown Posse.
2: Oh, happy anniversary, guys. Happy anniversary,
0: guys. Unlikely allies in the fight against fascism. Uh, Jehovah Kill (laughs) by Julian Cope. Main Offender by Keith Richards. Breathless by Kenny G, which I could keep going past that, but that will outsell all of these albums combined by the time the year is over. Erotica by Madonna. And uh, King of Hearts a posthumous Roy Orbison record, because we lost Roy Orbison. Uh,
2: Madonna is... She's gearing up for something, guys.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We talked about the erotica video. Now we got the album. What's she up to? She's planning something. Really, she's planning the media because that's what she does. Because It's so easy. She figured it out so long ago. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, throwing a boosty
0: game. Yeah, remember we talked
2: about, oh, you'd buy this for, it was like, ten bucks as a VHS, whatever? It's More. on YouTube right now. Yeah. Just And it's not that bad. It's not that saucy. Whatever. No.
0: Just a a justify my love video made it a thing Mm -hmm. and a market. And here we go. Let's close out with uh, this segment with Erotica by Madonna. Right back after this. Back to the place we was When I was too embarrassed To admit I wasn't love, And you was my good girl That wouldn't give it up I can't let us self-destruct uh-uh.
1: Baby, smile to day Cause I've been imagining it always I'm gonna love you better
0: Coming into 2002 with uh, Love You Better by Ladies Love Cool James off of 10. I'm gonna guess his 10th album? 10th can't be his 10th anniversary. He's been around for longer than that. Hello, Cool J, back on the charts in two thousand two. Weird. Welcome yeah. to two thousand two. A decade later, October fourteenth to twentieth. We also have new releases that include You Forgot It in, in People by Broken Social Scene. You forgot it in People? Okay. Welcome by Taproot, waiting for my Rocket to Come, uh the debut of Jason Mraz. Santa Claus Lane, Hillary Duff's debut slash Christmas album. What?
3: Isn't she yeah. Andy
0: Williams? How can she can't have a debut Christmas album? Perf- oh,
3: I could see that. You know, Christmas albums are always going to have a market. So if you're looking to make your debut, why not do it something where something Ew. always. It's true, but but what about our rain song anyway?
0: Perfecting loneliness by Jess Breville, Brazil. Hallelujah by MC Paul Berman. Let it rain by Tracy Chapman and Cry by Faith Hill. The sister of Cyprus. That's a joke. Fucking eighty years in the making. Jesus. Uh, Dilemma by Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland is back on back on top. Every two weeks, it's number one. Woo! What up, everybody? Welcome, to two thousand two.
2: These songs won't go away. Uh, yeah, it just won't go away.
0: I think you're, we're still looking at the power of radio here, and boy, they love things sticking around. Ooh,
3: when did radio stop being the power? Mm. I I, th- I think it's I
2: think it, by around this time, by two thousand two. Well, it was. It, was, think? it, it was. No, waning. it was it, definitely waning. It was waning. I say
3: it's on the way down. I think it was still. It was it was still
0: semi powerful but like that that shit that happened I, I love talking about it. It happened we talked about it on 302010 because it happened something that was signed in 96 and occurred in 98 and it just allowed massive corporations to take over radio stations making all radio stations the same and not just the same but su- susceptible to payoffs or payola. And payola scandals sort of ruined the radio. A bunch of stuff people didn't want to hear were now inescapable. And people started to escape, and by the time the iPod's out and people can choose what they listen to, which isn't, when is the iPod, last year, this year? Um, Yeah, I think
2: we've already talked about that. Yeah, it's not,
0: the radio ruined itself and had to wait for something to replace it. So, fuck the radio. 2002, (laughs) though, news. Why didn't somebody else read this?
2: Bibliotheca Alexandrina in the Egyptian city of Alexandria is officially inaugurated a commemoration of the library of Alexandria <laughs> this just says was lost to antiquity was burned down by Julius Caesar because he fucked up <laughs> oh. yeah the, li- the, the historical library of Alexandria uh was full of every book that had been written to that point pretty oh. much and uh got burned down and so they opened this massive library complex with a bunch of museums and all kinds of stuff uh, in Egypt that, like, they've got room for like eight million books, and I think France sent them like five hundred thousand, so they have one of the greatest yep. French libraries of all time. There, that's true. Um, but they they're still not full. It's going to take them at the rate they're going, something like eighty years to fill the sucker. Wow. Okay. Well,
3: <laughs> good luck to them. I bet it's a pretty nice tourist destination too.
2: It looks pretty cool. I mean, it's like it's a it's a huge modernist complex. It looks neat, and they've got book restorations going on and a bunch of museums and stuff it's like oh that's that's nice they and they've been working on it for i don't know 30 something years the idea of like the library of alexandria is like one of the great lost things we still have the city of alexandria you guys should we maybe cash in on that like <laughs> let's try to do something really? yeah fucking julius caesar stupid bastard fucking bastards anyway.
0: and then uh i i i saw some glimpses of two funny things here because i saw uh uh, over the week there was a reddit thread about who's had the bigger fall from grace who lived long enough to see them become the villain and i just like that Rudy Giuliani's book this week is on the top of the charts <laughs> <Not bad. laughs> top of the book New York bestseller list and uh, yep. yeah we all know how that's ended up turning out and and I'm trying to find an, an...
2: and this isn't it. it's like this week in 2022 it's like if he doesn't cough up like $100,000 to his ex-wife he's going to jail
3: Oh, wait, you mean his cousin <laughs> yeah
2: I don't know if it's the cousin wife or, or a different a wife. There are a bunch. There, um, there's
3: a Russian saying: "Don't ruin your obituary." Ooh, I like <laughs> it. You're gonna die at a millionaire with a great obituary
0: instead. This moving into the movies of 2002, which I feel like I let down this week, but hey, I was a little sick for the last couple of days. All we got All or Nothing with Timothy Spall, uh, Leslie Manville, and James James Corden.
2: Yeah, James Corden. I guess if you want to see James Corden wow. getting beat on a bunch here's your chance because it's a Mike Lee movie which means it's about sad British poor people being sad British and poor oh and uh yeah <laughs> he plays you know like this o- overweight kid that a bunch of local ruffians beat up on mm. so yeah if you want to see he, he used to be a lot heavier James Corden yeah if that's something that you want to see no. sure no. I, I mean usually Mike Lee movies they, they do sort of range there are some that are just like okay, I'm not sure what I'm getting out of this. And then sometimes it, it'll just all come together and you'd be like, that was the best fucking thing I've ever seen. Even though it was just about British poor people being poor at each other. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so all or nothing, just, uh, Missed it, sorry.
0: And the, the, the movie I, I most meant to check out, because I remember this coming out at the time, and then it became, I think, hard to find. Mm. Huge cast, uh, Gabriel Union, Gabriel Union, uh, Jennifer Esposito, David Warshawski, George Clooney, also producing... Andrew Davoli, Patricia Clarkson, Luis Guzman, Michael Jeter. Not that one. Wait, no, that's Derek. This is uh, Mr. Green Jeans. Uh, Sam Rockwell, Isaiah Washington, and William H. Macy. And welcome to Collinwood. I think the debut film from Avengers Endgame writers and producers, uh, Anthony and Joe Russo.
2: Basically, yeah. They they had made like a student film mm-hmm. that I guess got seen somewhere. And Grant Heslop and George Clooney, producing partners, were like, yeah, we kind of like the cut of your jib you you want a little bit of money you can make something and we'll help you get a good cast together and stuff and they're like yes what we want to do is remake 50s italian crime comedy big Hi. deal on madonna street
0: comedy <laughs> comedy heist movie.
2: Well, yeah yeah we want to make a, a remake an italian comedy heist movie which okay most people don't know of it but everyone who does or knows anything about like italian cinema like that's one of, like, the top ten things that you know is Big Deal on Madonna Street. So I was like, okay.
0: What a much better <sighs> title than Welcome to Collinwood. Jesus.
2: The title sucks. Because mm. it's not actually really about Collinwood, which is, like, a suburb? Who gives a shit?
0: Yeah, bummer. Yeah, and
2: Big Deal on Madonna Street isn't even the original Italian title. That title's closer to the usual suspects. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, huh?
0: Wow.
2: So, yeah, a bunch of Ugh, losers, you're gonna do a heist, and then they double cross each other, and they do loser heist stuff. And I have to admit, I didn't finish watching it, and it was like,
0: <sighs> and it's only eighty minutes. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I was, I mean, some of it is like because I've seen the original. Does that mm-hmm. hurt, or is it just like the tone doesn't translate? I don't know. It just kind of didn't click for me. I feel like maybe I could have given it more of a chance, but yeah, it's just sort of like. Everyone just sort of shrugged, of like, oh, whatever. I don't think those brothers are going to do anything useful. So fuck
0: <laughs> we'll never see them again. They won't direct well, the highest grossing we'll movie see. of all time. Where it's
2: those <laughs> silly people ever again.
0: Same could be said for when I, I long ago watched The Gray Zone with David Arquette, mm. Steve Buscemi, Mir Sorvino, Harvey Keitel, and Natasha Lyonne. Um,
2: <sighs>
0: World War II movie written and directed by Tim Blake Nelson,
2: Buster yeah, Scruggs. Based, yeah, based <laughs> on his play about sunder commandos in auschwitz which means it's the jewish prisoners who are forced to you know dispose of all the bodies and it's based on a book written by a guy who had to work under joseph mengele that was also pretty much the inspiration for son of saul which won a bunch of awards the hungarian film from a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh yeah it's like the most depressing part of the most depressing part of history <laughs> i and mean and i it's... i could not nut up to watch i just couldn't do it yeah. <laughs> I,
3: uh uh same so it's just very hard for me to get in the mood to watch a holocaust film oh yeah it's like yeah when do i feel like watching a holocaust film never there's never a time when I'm like, oh. you know, after that hard day at work, <laughs> uh, it'd be really great yeah, to I'll... watch a Holocaust film right now. That never happens. And if it does seek medical attention. I'll go, I'll go okay. see
0: this one in December because NPR told me. And so it can get nominated for Oscars. And I'll see it once in the theater and maybe yeah. buy it on home video. to feel like I'm doing my I, justice. I, mean, I, I, did, I, did, I, I did watch this when it came out. But it, 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 by the way, it came out like a year ago, I think. And, um, I, it's, I, we're just, I, I just
3: don't know what you're going to watch a Holocaust film and do. Are you going to complain? Oh, man, this film made me depressed. There, I mean,
0: there is a fun Twilight Zone episode about a concentration camp. And I will watch Jerry Lewis's The Day the Clown Cried the moment I, it is available for viewing. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do yeah. see what you're saying. It's It can't be even comfort viewing for people who love history. It's just it's a, a feel-bad event.
2: I mean, you have to try to spin it in your head of like well at least i'm not there right now or you know yeah. the human human spirit triumphed eventually or redoubling your efforts to never never again mm. you know i mean uh, critics generally uh, i mean generally they seem to think it was really good and they said the performances are really strong because obviously there are people at the most extreme situation they could be in where life is extremely cheap and how do you Get your puny little life to survive through all of this death. Uh, yeah, it sounds yeah. fucking brutal, though. Uh, the the gray zone. Because
0: I remember Harvey Keitel being on the cover of the DVD, and this is like, no, this is a David Arquette starring movie about, the holo- about <laughs> concentration camp with a, apparently a good performance. Maybe yeah. it deserves so, to be seen.
3: Looking it up, there have been at least 440 narrative films about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm according to a book by rich brownstein holocaust cinema complete mm. so that's a lot of holocaust films and i'm just never in the mood to watch one uh i think yeah. i've seen 15 to 20 in my life but mm. i i just don't feel the need to watch another one i i will i'm sure at some point I, like i've watched uh diary of anne frank with my kids and when there's A little older, we're going to watch Schindler's List and a few others, but it's not not something I'm looking forward to.
0: I meant to amend me. I learned about the Holocaust through Anne Frank in a literature class, and I saw the play. And I remember Mm -hmm. seeing the play. That's when my parents had to tell me about this thing. Public school history did not. And Mm -hmm. so amending that from a few episodes ago, it was totally was Anne Frank. I saw an Mm all-teenage production of Anne Frank, which may or may not have had Tony Hale in it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah i i pretty much stick into documentaries now where it's like i want to, if i'm gonna hear a horrible story of horribleness uh, i would rather be a real story and not a made-up one even though this is very very much based on on true stories um, absolutely yeah, but the, you the, see burns uh s- us and the holocaust series that was just on was so <laughs> so informative mm. really really good super recommend the gray zone I I mean, maybe for the performances and stuff. Just every now and then, I just like, I can't with the Holocaust. And then I remember, oh yeah, there are so many people who have a don't know what happened, or b think that's made up. They're like, that can't possibly have happened, right? Mm -hmm. No, it must be a a lie by globalists (laughs) to trick us into feeling bad about being white or something. And take
0: away your guns,
2: Right, right? Take away your
0: guns. Uh, cause I could, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, so take away your
2: guns. <laughs> Stop blaming globalists. We know who you mean. Yeah. We're going to get you with face laser. Mm-hmm. We got one. Don't you know? <laughs>
0: we, yes. It makes We're no sound and it's totally odorless An odorless laser. Why did I switch to Midwestern to say that? I don't know. Because
2: there are plenty of Midwestern Jews. Oh. There's plenty of Jews who go to synagogue and they talk like this.
0: Because it wasn't until I went there and saw all their love for all this German shit and like, that's where the accent comes from. Oh, my God. It's a very German area of the country. And uh, moving on to the next film, Formula 51, which is our name for it. And then the fifty-first state, if you were in the UK. Sam Jackson, Robert Carlyle, Emily Mortimer, Meatloaf. Woo! A, 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 a directed <laughs> yeah. by Ronnie Yu, Bride of Chucky. Yeah, fame.
2: yeah. And- Yo, last week we were bitching about Reservoir Dogs knockoffs. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're getting into Guy Ritchie knockoff territory yeah. on this one. Got a little bit of that. Just got a little bit of the frantic running around that you you'd get from a from a lock stock kind of thing. It's not that good. No. But I actually really enjoy it for some reason. I don't know what it is. I th- maybe just the bizarre idea of it because Samuel L. Jackson is this like master chemist, and he says I've invented a new drug that is way better than anything, and I have the secret formula for it. And he like goes over to the UK, and he's going to sell it. And like Meatloaf is after him, and Emily Mortimer is after him, and he like pairs up with Robert Carlyle, <laughs> and then they just start dicking mm. around in the UK for a while mm. and starting fights and getting involved in football shenanigans and it's, yeah, I think it's just the silliness of Samuel L. Jackson. All he wants to do is golf. <laughs> <laughs> golf and sell drugs. And they keep getting in his way. And it's just so silly. Yes. But not good? But entertaining? Kind of? Well, I think golf is kind of fun as a bad guy.
3: I didn't see it. I did chuckle at seeing Samuel L. Jackson playing his 70s hippie getting arrested. <laughs> I just graduated today, man. Got my degree in in, in in pharmacology.
2: It
1: was the last
2: thing he needed. Rules are like arbitrary, you know? Made up for for people who believe in, you know, like Santa Claus. but hey, not us, right?
0: The 60s are over. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the pause and then man that just cracks me. It's straight out of uh, Super Troopers.
2: Yeah, it's one of those where the maybe it's the style of humor because the the UK critics all seem to like it, and the Americans were like, "This was dumb." <laughs> like, yeah, it is dumb. What's your oh like? So, yeah, I like the I I can't even say I'm recommending Formula Fifty One slash the Fifty First State because I did not rewatch it. These are just my recollections of it right. of being like ex- just very silly and in
0: a good way. Ultimately, Melanie Linsky, Mark Fehrerstein, a lot of vowels in there, Fred, the late, great Fred Ward, Zoe Deschanel, Charlie Hoonan, Benjamin Bratton, Katie Holmes, in Abandoned abandoned
2: oh it's spooky season mm. oh no That's katie spooky. holmes's ex-boyfriend disappeared and now he's packing he's stalking her or is he Bow. Bow. yeah i just, watch um... the invisible
0: man the recent invisible man said
2: yeah boyfriend. it seemed like there was like that but then there's you know a couple a couple extra twists in there that are the kind of thing that will make you go back and think about the movie, be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but but they all saw that. So that couldn't have been, but no? Yeah. Uh, reviews were not great on Abandon, but. Eh. Yeah.
0: Because, well, I think I mean, Benjamin
2: Brennan had a better career.
0: <laughs> um, I like him. I, yeah, I just saw him in Coco. Coco, a great way to kick off oh, your holiday he really, season. He um, was
2: really good in Coco.
0: Mm-hmm. And... Oh,
2: all right. Let's everyone get out of the way. I mean, here we go. Here we go. go. Super season. And
0: and I, I don't yeah
2: before we get, to, I think I want to call this the last analog horror movie. Oh, okay.
0: Ooh.
2: There is a lot of time spent in libraries and newspaper morgues.
0: Yeah, and and digital st- lots of uh digital static on TV as well, which you don't Tracking really see anymore.
2: is a plot point.
0: <laughs> and and paving the way for some of the most lucrative pirates movies ever made. And this is if Abandon failed, this is probably why cuz everybody yeah. was going to see the number one movie at the box office, Amber Tamlin, Davy Davy Chase, David
2: Chase. Who was just the voice of Lilo in Lilo and Stitch. And now she's coming to kill you.
0: David Dorfman, uh, Brian Cox, Martin Henderson, and Naomi Watts. (sighs) We saw The Ring. The Ring.
2: Four people are dead.
1: Not from watching the video. If fear has a shape. How you
2: die, you see The Ring.
1: If madness has a home. How you die, you see The Ring. He's showing you the horses. You saw it.
0: If evil has a soul,
1: everyone
3: will It is
0: inside
3: the ring. Rated
0: PG-13. PG-13. That's the bum me out about this. Rated PG-13.
3: Yeah, yeah they were going
2: notice. for a broad
3: audience. And they found and one. I didn't,
2: I didn't notice until most of the way through the movie. Like, oh wait, no one's swearing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> 13 <not>
2: <laughs> If I... I'd be swearing a lot if this happened to me. Yeah,
3: if I genuinely think I have seven days to live, like, every third word is the F-bomb. Gore, Gore Verbinski
0: coming off of Mouse Hunt in the Mexican to remake the <laughs> Japanese horror phenomenon Ringu. And this is just why I feel like horror is kind of a young person's genre, just because... Mm-hmm. I was a little old. I think I had pirated Ringu. Sort of liked it. Just didn't... I saw this in the theaters. Didn't do anything for me. And I meant to revisit it this week, but I got sick.
3: Ringu, the Japanese film, was built up way too much for me. It was Mm. just an internet thing of, oh my gosh, there's this film from Japan. It's the scariest film ever. And when I moved to Japan... I watched it, and it wasn't that scary to me. It had been built up too much because, in the days of the pre-streaming world, it was like not everyone could watch a Japanese horror film if right. they wanted to. So, and the one I the watched people...
0: was so fucking artifacted and awful, it did the movie no service at all because uh, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. still difficult to get your hands on.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I,
2: I, Michael was trying to bother me into watching Ringo on top of this, and I'm like, no. no. No, you... I put on my big girl panties and I watched it. You did?
0: Oh, awesome. I oh, awesome. did.
2: And so I know it's not going to be that scary, but I'm just a wuss. There's just, I don't enjoy being scared. I, I enjoy being disturbed more than I enjoy being scared. And I think that's what helped is that this is more of a thriller than a horror movie. Mm. And so that that definitely helped. But yeah, I've yeah, watched this a ton I, of times. I, read...
0: I, I bought it on DVD, and I just never found it that scary. But like yeah. like I'm saying, I love Freddy Krueger. I don't expect young people today to be that scared by that either. Like, hmm. you know, every generation has their different thing.
2: Yeah, but so Ringu, it sounds like is this is a very faithful adaptation of Ringu, except that Ringo has a bit more psychic. More people have psychic abilities, I think, that somehow, in infl- something, something? Something,
3: something. Anyone? It's been a okay. while. I saw it once 24 years ago. I don't All remember well.
2: All right. So, yeah, I think um, everyone knows the basic idea. There is a videotape. If you watch it, then the phone rings, and then a girl says seven days, and now you got seven days, and then you are horribly killed. You're frightened to death?
3: No, you're attacked. A, a spooky lady, spoilers, comes out of your TV and yeah. does something to you that kills you. Or, right.
2: Yeah. But you look really fucked up.
3: Yeah, you're really it's, fucked up.
2: You know, it's not like uh, a Final Destination where it's like something kills you and it could be anything. It's like, no, she kills you she and she kills you in a, a spooky way.
0: And and it's, to this day, a hugely popular Halloween costume. Yeah. Mm.
3: To be fair, the effect of her coming out of the TV was amazingly done for 2002, and it still holds up today. Uh, She has the perfect uncanny valley aspect to her as a person because of the like video effects of her face. She looks super creepy even today, and there hadn't been a lot of spook before this. Nothing was shown. There was no like supernatural monster you kept seeing throughout the film. It was just tension because of the impending countdown of the protagonist's demise, and then you find out that oh, her effort to release the vengeful spirit meant nothing. The the (laughs) vengeful spirit is really a dick. It's kind of like when when we were talking about Bubble Boy last (laughs) last episode. (laughs) You know, some people with horrible illnesses are just a dick. And some ghosts are just a dick. The girl yeah. is just a dick.
2: She's just a dick. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's been an awful lot of this movie uh, just shouting out, well, that's not up to code. <laughs> so many things just distracted me of like, well, you don't, have a, you don't have a railing on that? Oh, that's not up to code. Wait, I'm sorry. You're overloading that plug in that bathroom so you can die? Well, you don't have a circuit breaker? That's not up to code. You don't put those kinds of switches in bathrooms. They're supposed to automatically trip. That's not up to code.
0: Speaking that's how I distract not myself. Up, not up to code. Like, every time I watch this movie, I was just like, it feels like someone's television isn't up to code. And you're watching The Goonies with a really, really dark filter.
3: Okay. <laughs> I looked this up. In 2002, VHS rentals were still ahead of DVD rentals. Yep. So, this is, but in 2003, that's no longer the case.
2: Oh, so this is coming timing. out like
3: just the perfect timing,
2: yeah. And yeah, I think, I mean, the big thing is we get a whole bunch of J horror out of this or mm-hmm. J horror inspired Remix. things. We get uh, the yeah. Grudge well, and Dark Water, we get more, more of the Ring, yeah.
3: My sense is Ringu. Is the first J horror yeah. to really come over in any shape or form. And it opened the floodgates, and they've never been closed since. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's That's a lot of people's
0: I... first entrance into japanese horror films i I,
3: yeah. I still think the only sequel to cabin in the woods should be the institute set at a J horror camp oh wonderful. that would be so oh awesome. yeah with japanese yeah. office politics mixed with J horror that's that's gold people <laughs> i'm spinning gold for you here
2: <laughs> and somehow they trap the spirit in a frog and the evil mm-hmm. is defeated exactly. i love those kids i'm so proud yeah. of them yeah uh, so i mean it's interesting, though. It's like, are, are there some like plot holes in this? Uh, yeah, it was kind of bugging me mean, when we get to the end. You're like, oh, that explains everything. It's like, wait, but then, how, OK, how long has this tape been around? Who put it at that cabin? And how do people know about the curse if these seem to be the first people who've watched it?
3: Well, no, no, I think this has been transferred for a while. And we're only seeing the latest incarnation because it's an yeah. urban legend at this place. Like the lady knows about it, even though she hasn't experienced it herself. You know, at the beginning of the film, the girl is talking to her friend. And she's like, "That happened to me." No, it's just a story I heard. You know,
2: right? But it's like, how did the people who watched the film know that? Like the couple teenagers at the beginning, it's a little. It was unclear. Like, yes, this is mm. an urban legend. Has been going around for a long time but also happens to be true. Hi, oh, what? Candyman. What are you That's doing over there?
3: <laughs> Hi. But I, I do have to shout out a special feature on the DVD, which I think is genius. Mm-hmm. If you pushed a couple of buttons in the right way, you no longer had control of your DVD. Oh, The film awesome. just started. You couldn't pause it. You couldn't stop it. That's awesome. You couldn't oh. do anything. It just played. And when it was over, the DVD made a phone ringing sound. That's oh. can you imagine playing that prank on somebody and 10, 20 uh, years ago? That'd be great. That would be awesome.
2: Yes. Yeah. I was also thinking thinking about Gore Verbinski and yeah, like he gets the freaking Pirates of the Caribbean movies off. This is a huge hit. How does... for a pretty reasonable budget and. Yeah. Naomi Watts is kind of only known in America from freaking Mulholland Drive at this point. King
0: Kong. And oh, not, not, yet. No, not yet, not yet.
2: You always get these things out of order. We I, do. 30, this twenty, will we'll do that. <laughs>
0: but,
2: yeah, and it's it's just so weird. And then watching it, it's like, it's not very verbinski from right. comparing it to like a lot of his other works. I think he's a great action director, honestly. But I'm watching it and Michael leans over and says, is this David Fincher? And I was like, "That is the best mistake you have ever made." Because mm. the color grading on this yeah. screams David Fincher movie. Everything is slate gray in this, and it's kind of beautiful, but it's also where movies went with like, let's over color correct everything. Yeah, okay, and looks... nobody
0: nobody points out that the guy who remade Ringu also made Rango. <gasps> really? My <laughs> God, <that> joke? <laughs> no, that's, that's Straight- true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
3: the budget for The Ring was 48 million. For a horror film, that's, that's up huge. there. That's, that's huge. That's pretty
2: good. Yeah. yeah. For a horror film with no big stars in it, mm-hmm. but it's shot on location and it looks really pretty. Oh, it Seattle looks, great. looks great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who's the biggest star in this Amber Tamblin. I didn't even recognize her. No. But I was like, damn. That was Amber Tamblyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I solid recommend, even though. Um, Holy shit, Diane just recommended a horror
0: movie on thirty 20,
2: twenty. It was mostly because, like I said, it was so much less horror-y mm-hmm. than I was expecting. I, honestly, it's kind of a detective movie with some right. spooky shit happening occasionally. Yeah, that was pr- some of it was pretty gross and weird and off putting, but not nothing enough to me for me to be like, "That's it, I'm out. I'm looking at my phone. Stop it."
0: Ringu, ring, ring, the ring,
3: everyone. Uh, the huge, ring, huge. Yeah. It's a little slow. I watched it with my wife uh, about 10 years ago. She didn't find it good. She thought it was too slow. She's not a huge horror fan, but she can stand them. But this Mm -hmm. just wasn't interesting enough to her. And when I tried to get her to watch the Japanese version, she was just like, no, I didn't even like the American version. So Hmm. I don't know. I am over
2: it. I, I know I've not heard much great about any of the sequels. But we will get to them eventually.
3: True.
0: I mean, at least one American one ready to move I think on. There's
2: in? three. There's also Rings. Oh,
3: right. That like
2: from 2017.
3: Yeah, yeah. The Rings. They tried to rings. try to reboot. Yep. But. Diana, if you're looking for a challenge, I gotta ask you to try to see the horror movie we talked about last week, Sinister. Uh, oh
1: gosh, I don't it, know She's not looking that. for it, a
3: challenge. <laughs> I know, but it has stuck with me, which does not happen. I mean, listeners, I plow through a lot of media for 302010. Most of it <laughs> does not stick. I keep thinking of Sinister. If you want a Halloween watch, try it.
2: <sighs> okay. All right, you'll you'll know if I do because I'll probably call <laughs> you at two in the morning, going, God damn
3: it! <laughs> Moving
0: on to televisions. In two thousand two, ah, am I much set- later?
2: None of these VHS tapes will kill you.
0: Uh, October fourteenth to the twentieth am I sad that the oblog ends? Do I like the oblongs? I can't tell. I just watched Adult I Swim do. every Sunday for years and years and years, so this cancelled like w b c w show would live on for at least under five years playing the same thirteen episodes over and over again. The bizarre example of a children's book being adapted into a very adult cartoon show, a charming one nonetheless. yeah, the oblongs uh also this week, the Smallville episode Red airs red.
3: So this is Red Kryptonite, but it's a WB show. So what Red Kryptonite does to Clark, because he's not Superman, he's just Clark in Smallville, is he wears a leather jacket and he rides a motorcycle. He's like (laughs) bad, but he's WB bad where he's just like mildly not polite to his parents.
0: Yeah, drinks chocolate milk after
3: 9:30. <laughs> that's that's not far off, but yeah, yeah, the the thing is, the idea of a superman without morals, not like WB morals, but just like sociopath superman is like so utterly terrifying and they they can't go there with smallville.
0: Yeah. Ooh, speaking of real bad, Jane Oh, Firefly episode uh, Janestown is absolutely wonderful.
2: The hero of Mudville.
0: Mm-hmm. And would go on to define what a Firefly fan looked like at conventions
3: for years and years and years to come, wouldn't it? Isn't it was the hat premieres? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite episodes of Firefly, and we have to play the song.
1: James. The man they call
0: James. Robbed from the rich and he gave to the poor Stood up to the man and he gave him what for Our love for him now ain't hard to explain The
3: hero
1: of Canton, a the
0: man they call Jane
3: <laughs> so for those who aren't familiar jane pulled a heist on this planet a long time ago and it went bad he betrayed his partner and in order to escape he had to dump all the gold dump
0: the payload. the problem,
3: the problem is it all fell on the town and the town interpreted this as an act of charity that jane is a robin hood hero who stole from the rich and gave to them. And Jane is one of the most amoral characters I've ever seen in any science fiction show. Delightfully so. He is not a hero. And to have him thrust into a hero role almost breaks him. Like you can see, he is just like not emotionally prepared to be a good person. And he's being forced into a good person role yeah, here. Or even liked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's why I love Firefly, even all these years later. Yep. It had so few episodes, but this is a stone-cold sci-fi classic. This might
0: have been like episode. the thing that like really so took fun. me over the edge to where, like, okay, this is a really neat episode. I haven't seen anything like this before. I just remember being very special to me. Because the, the first couple episodes of Firefly, they're not the ones I end up re-watching over and over again. Speaking of episodes I watch over and over again, Sopranos, everybody hurts. Oh, boy.
3: Okay, Uh-oh. so... This is what? the episode.
2: What happens? Who hurts? Who, who gets hurt? And how is REM involved?
3: So Artie makes a loan to his hostess's brother for a oh. business venture. Oh, right, and oh, it goes oh. south, and he attempts suicide. Because he's lost all this money. Well, he doesn't want to owe Tony Soprano the money. Exactly. He
0: got a loan from Tony Soprano. And Tony Soprano is... It's a great character. People don't talk about that much. It's Tony Soprano's childhood best friend who is not in the Mafia. So his wife and him have to talk about their friend who is clearly heading up the local mafia can i ask him for a loan do you think like do not ask tony for a fucking loan yeah mm-hmm. and and there is a neat scene where tony comes to see him in the hospital
3: is like you thought of what what it's yeah. funny what the fuck it's one of my most important episodes for me personally because mm-hmm. i watched this episode while i was in japan a young guy in my early 20s feeling kind of isolated at the time and For whatever reason, Artie getting screwed out of the money just, like, infuriated me. It just made—I can see its comedic potential now as a guy in my 40s. But in my early 20s, I was just so in Artie's corner. I was like, oh, that guy's taking all your money. And now I see what an utter fool he is. But I have never been, like, so emotionally infuriated on behalf of, like, a third— ranked character in a TV show, yeah.
1: that's, that's I, being I have,
3: it's such a different experience for me. It's like you can't step in the same river twice. Like I can watch this episode now, but I will never wow. have 1% of the emotional investment and rage I had on Artie's behalf that I did in my early 20s. I, I don't know what caused it, I if it was either. just like... The stage of life I was in at the time, but it's something I can never recapture, but I always think of when watching this episode.
0: Artie's kind of typically used as a pathetic character, and and occasionally, you know, to be like, you and I's eyes into the mafia. He's on the- Uh -uh, so
3: I'm pathetic, eh?
0: No, because because (laughs) I do think, in terms of what's funny on the show, Artie has some fantastic physical comedy-
3: he is an amazing comedic character. Yeah, I he's mean, awesome. The Sopranos works because it's such a great drama with such great humorous moments as well as the high drama. And Artie just is hilarious. He just is.
0: Yeah, he, Uncle June is the funniest, but like on a physical level, Artie is amazing. He's hilarious. He makes a lot of bad decisions. I really like Artie. I think that the show, one of the, he's one of the reasons I love the show that nobody talks about.
1: Yeah.
3: This episode and the episode in season six like near the very end when he rediscovers his love of cooking is just two amazing pieces of drama
2: i just feel so bad from all the time because i feel like he's being set up in parallel with like robert patrick's character like so many fucking losers end up in the orbit of the mob and get destroyed they're smart enough they think they can make this all work and they always get just everything taken from them mm-hmm. and yeah the whole time i'm like no arnie please don't no. arnie please yeah i
0: think it, they're it's, not
2: really your friends
0: it's not that i'm sure there's got to be some success stories from somebody who's borrowed money from the mafia but the reality is if you need thirty thousand dollars right now and don't have it you shouldn't be investing in whatever this is just yeah. don't mm-hmm. the, the people who can lose that kind of money have easy access to it You can't afford to lose that kind of money, especially if you're talking to Tony Soprano. I hope I Mm -mm. gave everybody a lesson. Please don't talk to your local mafia (laughs) (laughs)
1: loan
0: sharks. God, I hate getting up on my high horse like I do. So woke. (laughs) (laughs) And moving on into video games of 2002, October 14th through the 20th. Roller Coaster
3: Tycoon 2 hits the PC. So this is a classic. This gets referenced all the time. You have seen numerous posts on the internet about this game because at the time of its release, it was the best roller coaster game, Mm -hmm. period. You could customize your park. That's a fun thing. But you could customize it to such an insane degree that people did horrible, horrible things (laughs) to their (laughs) park goers. Um, So there's a story here about Mr. Bones' wild ride. (laughs) In Mr. Bones' wild ride, in the theoretical park goers' subjective experience, four years, they were on the slowest roller coaster that you could possibly go that twists and turns and turns for the entire length of the park, and it takes them four years. And when they finally get off the ride, they're trapped in a loop where their only option is to go back to the entrance (laughs) and get back on the ride for another four year ride. (laughs) Dear God, you horrible monsters. I mean, that's hell for these people. That's a literal damn for eternity hell. (laughs)
0: Also this week you have a follow up to Red Faction with Red Faction 2 on PS2. The one of the few games that ever made true to its promise of destructible environments, it would become much better in Red Faction Gorilla, infinitely destructible environments. Kind of a shooter in a blast core universe. Blood Rain comes out for PS two. That is a fallen franchise if Ooh. I've ever seen one. That got a Uve yeah. Bowl movie based off
3: of it. It, it yeah. got two. It did. Two. It got two. I mean I think it's more known for the movies than it is for the video game at this point. Yeah. Notorious but, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I can really picture the pitch meeting for this video game. It's like, all right. Okay. Let's, let's make sure it has zombies. And uh, what if it had Nazis? Yeah. Yeah. And you should play a hot chick, like really smoking hot <laughs> and, and she should be a, a vampire. and, And she should moan sexually when she sucks her enemies and Mm. and guns and the fuck ton of guns.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As a game, it's kind of gone. I don't know that the game still exists. I think it got some HD remakes or remasters semi-recently, and that is it. X-Men Next Dimension is out on PS2. Uh, I don't know anything about that. But more importantly, do you love Disney? Do you love golf? kill yourself no there's a game out this week for the ps2 you'll enjoy it. so they were
3: obviously trying to rip off mario golf Mm -hmm. but the problem when you try to rip off mario golf is mario golf already exists and these ripoffs never put a third of the effort nintendo does into really good controls good controls is crucial for the mario tennis mario golf even mario kart series and all the other companies that go let's just throw out a inferior product, get crushed. Yep. Wow. Produced by,
0: released by EA. And then last, of course, last, but a PS one game in 2002, Shrek's treasure hunt.
3: What is up with Shrek? This is like the Mm -hmm. third week in a row. We are having a Shrek game on a different system, three systems, three Shrek games. I got to think this is intentional. I think they're really priming the pumps for just pump out product. Yeah. And, And they were not wrong. Uh, they were
0: not no. wrong. When I, when, I, when I talk to young kids about our video game show, there's plenty of not only nostalgia for this game, like people who are getting their first jobs in the games industry were doing it on these types of
3: games. It, mm-hmm. it all starts here, man. The Shrek games start coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop <laughs> coming and they
0: don't. With that, we will close out the old 2002 segment with Cry by Faith Hill, but do not move. We got one more segment to go on 30 2010 2012. Stay right there.
2: mrs internet and all the ships at sea it's time for a classic corner where we go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of october 14th through 20th couple big recommends first of all i'm gonna do this one a week early because we're so close to this lining up but damn we just lost angela lansbury and that means we got to talk about the manchurian candidate which turns 60 next week but i am putting it here because there's actually like a ton of stuff to talk about next week so manchurian candidate where she's I think three years older than the guy playing her son, and it doesn't fucking matter because Angela Lansbury was born 50. She always plays older than she was, and it always worked because she was a fucking pro. She is so good in that, and if you are just used to like, oh, little Mrs. Potts, oh, a Mrs. Murder, she wrote... She's going to scare you in that. She is one of the most conniving evil characters you have ever seen. I guess it just kind of spoiled, but whatever. It's a 60-year-old movie, but it's a solid-ass thriller. Y'all should watch it. And then going back 10 years from there, turning 70 this week from 1952, it's Akira Kurosawa's Ikiru, To Live, which is one of the Kurosawa movies I have not gotten to see because it is supposed to be one of the saddest movies ever made because it's about an old guy feels out of place, He's in a really boring, bureaucratic position, and then he finds out he's going to die. And it's like, what is his life even meant? What is he going to do with that? What is What does this information mean? What does it mean to live? What does it mean to die? It's supposed to be an absolute masterpiece because it's fucking Kurosawa and he knows what he's doing. But, alright, I'm going to try to nut up and watch it this week, too. This is a big theme for me this week, is yeah, having the ovaries to watch. Tough stuff to watch. Everyone tells me that in the end, it's not depressing, it's actually beautiful and life affirming, but I know you gotta get through depressing stuff to get there, and yeah, I'm just being a big wimp lately, I don't know, times are tough, I'm tired. But, Halloween recommendation though, Turning 90, 9-0, is a horror movie that is completely watchable today, because it is fucking bonkers. It's The Old Dark House from 1932, directed by James Whale, coming off of Frankenstein, stars... Boris Karloff, Melvin Douglas, Charles Lawton, and Gloria Stewart, the old lady from Titanic, when she was hot AF. The setup is pretty much the same setup as Rocky Horror Picture Show. People are on the road. We're lost. Let's go to that creepy old house. We'll try to use their phone, but castles don't have phones. And it turns out everyone in this house is some kind of fucking lunatic because, you know, they're like Boris Karloff or whatever. It is so moody and strange <laughs> And weird, and you definitely see its influence, because we're so early in horror in the 30s. You can see how little things here and there, these have all been just sort of grabbed little pieces to become, like, what we think of as horror movies. But it's not especially frightening. There's, you know, it's mostly just, like, you sit there going, like, wow, that was, that was odd. What are they doing? Oh, okay, that's weird. Weird yeah old dark house i think even kids could probably watch it because it's not like anything too horrible of gloria stewart's work from the 30s this is totally the one i like to highlight because she's gorgeous and you're like oh my god that's her in titanic she's all grown up so yeah the old dark house from 1932 a 90 year old movie i love recommending movies that old and that's it for this week stay a classic
0: into 2012 with uh till the casket drops by zz ward off the album of the same name welcome to 10 years in the future and 10 years in the past it's 2012 ladies and gentlemen
2: that's right coffin flops was stolen from this artist
0: (laughs) just (laughs) shit wood people never mind hitting pavement i love i think you should leave oh my god and my (laughs) new lady doesn't i don't know what to do everything else is fine New Releases 2 by Mac DeMarco, Sunken Condos by Donald Fagan, Vital by Anne Berlin, A Map of Our Failures by My Dying Bride, Self-Titled Album by Jake Bug, Aftermath, The Ascension by Cohegan Cambria, Uh, The Parallax 2 Future Sequence by Between the Buried and Me, and of course, One More Night by Maroon 5 is still number one. Anybody want to bring us into the news? Because I have not seen this before.
3: Oh, so the epic rap battles of history, people, Mm -hmm. started (laughs) this year 2012, the tradition of making a rap between the two presidential nominees. And that and this,
2: el- that election is three weeks away. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And this is the first one of Obama versus Romney. And they kind of give up the very end, which I didn't think was the wisest choice. Go ahead and play the clip. Mm. Uh, I, 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 you're a stuttering communist. Oh yeah, well, you're stupid. You're stupid. Uh-uh. Arr- Arr- Get me by the shy and bird. The
1: president shall not be the shiniest of cooters. You, I want to like you. Don't talk about change to do her. I thought whoop was on my radar. Tell her, buddy, where's
3: that, mm. That's enough. This is one of the weaker <laughs> ones. I think the uh, the next two are actually better compared to this one. Was uh, Al it's, it's more of, of a rap battle and they didn't seem to know what they were doing yet
0: moving into movies of 2012 a bunch of basically only two movies that I would care to talk about in this episode I don't know anything about Excision with Malcolm Ooh. McDowell Tracy Lords Ariel Winter Roger Barton Anna Lynn McCord
2: oh this is one I kind of wish I got to because it was giving me a little bit of Ginger Snaps vibes oh. and I ended up really liking Ginger Snaps again I can watch horror movies there just has to be a reason and excision is about a teenage girl who really wants to be a surgeon and she really likes blood a little too much
1: Hmm.
2: and it sounds like it gets spooky as hell and there's some real disturbing body horror stuff saw a bunch of people bringing up the name cronenberg and like oh no um yeah horror fans seem to really like excision even though it's it's a very small movie And and Uh, another uh,
0: acting appearance by John Waters, just like Seed of Chucky, which you talked about on Patreon.com slash later time.
2: See, he's coming back.
0: Uh, Ziggy? What? Oh, see, he's He's coming coming back. back. Yes, I did. (laughs) I thought you declared the Ziggy comic was coming back. I'm like, I'm fine with this.
2: If Um... John Waters (laughs) wanted to film a Ziggy movie, (laughs) that would be brilliant. But who
0: would would you cast?
2: I will give him my money now. How much money do you uh, want? Ziggy. Chris (laughs) Let me go get stung by 30,000 bees (laughs) so I can give you all the money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, John Waters making a movie again, which is fantastic because 2004 is his last movie? Jesus. A movie we were talking about a lot before the show. It's why I referenced it earlier. As Contractually Obligated, they're appearing in this movie together, uh, Megan Mullally and Nick Offerman. But as well as Octavia Spencer, Aaron Paul, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead in Smashed, a movie I didn't get to finish watching but liked cuz i just a movie that tre- a movie about alcoholics that doesn't treat it like an after school special but still is like yeah. horrific <laughs> mm.
3: well yeah i wouldn't call this horrific i'd call this uh, one of the more realistic portrayals mm-hmm. of alcoholism and people trying to control their drinking i've seen mary elizabeth winstead is having problems with alcohol but It's something that she's been doing for a while now. She's been boozing and she's married to a guy and they booze together. And she has her moment of clarity where she accidentally or maybe on purposely smokes crack. She's pressured into crack. (laughs) And then she hits rock bottom and throws up in front of her class. And they ask her why she's sick, and she just blurts out that she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) then she spends the next three months pretending to be pregnant.
2: Oh, boy.
3: And then she goes to AA and realizes how deep in. And as she's going to get sober, her husband, who has been drinking with her their entire relationship, isn't hostile He's not like I hate you for doing this. He's just like, well, you do you. I'm going to keep drinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that doesn't work out very well. It's, it's a big recommend, but let me ask you: What is the longest time you've gone without alcohol? A couple weeks? A couple weeks? Oh gosh, months. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not
2: much of a drinker. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, yeah, people. I, I get the reputation of drinking a lot just because one of the shows you hear me on. I drink a lot but the, the seeing some of this stuff like in the morning like dude I would never have booze before nightfall I just it's so vile to me and it's I go I go weekends dire weeks without drinking just like a drink when I'm talking to my friends for the most part not really when I'm on my own never at never really mix it with work other than work parties
2: yeah. I'm just a person who doesn't like to be drunk
0: oh I do see
2: that's I... that's my thing there is I like to be I will get up to Dipsy tipsy shouldn't drive there there have been a couple times in my life where i am wasted i am i've never seen it (laughs) no you've never seen it (laughs) because I am not happy when I am fucking wasted.
0: Yeah, when I get too wasted, I typically, at this point, I call it Batmanning, but people call it the Irish goodbye. Like, like, uh uh-oh, I passed that point. I'm not going to annoy anybody. I'm going to go to sleep. Poof! I will say goodbye to no one. I will leave wherever I am, get a cab to wherever I need to be.
3: Now, -hmm. now, Diana, have Mm -hmm. you ever seen a movie where someone likes to get tipsy but hates to get drunk?
2: not really
3: see that's no. that was me as well and i had never seen my relationship with alcohol on any movie or any tv show
1: mm.
3: i am at day 334 without alcohol whoa Ooh. yep and it's not because i ever had anything i've ever seen in the movies i've never got in a dui mm-hmm. i've never missed a day at work i Hate being drunk, drunk, drunk. Ah. I despise if if I've drank enough to throw up. I made a huge mistake. That is not something I enjoy. It is not something I seek out. It's not something I ever like. But my thing was I had two surgeries in a very short amount of time for issues utterly unrelated to any lifestyle choices I ever made. They were completely sucks to be you. Itis. It was just my (laughs) body going sucks to be you. And the doctor's (laughs) having to give me surgery to fix it. You know, if it was something where it was like, give up smoking, get to be a good body weight or stop drinking, that would have been one thing because that would have been the result of my own actions. But I got in a bad way because of nothing I did. And that infuriated me. It was Mm -hmm. just like (laughs) pissing me the F off and decided I don't want to be mildly sick a single other day in my life i don't want because i'm in my 40s now even a little hangover from like two drinks was pissing me off starting to you know it's starting (laughs) to to wear on getting a bad night's sleep from two drinks because listeners i like to get tipsy i did Mm -hmm. uh it was a thing i did on a very regular basis I just never got drunk. Yeah, I, 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 didn't I, like I drunk.
0: think I have to mm-hmm. explain to some people. So I don't drink to get drunk. I started drinking for the same reason I still drink. Like it just makes being out in public easier and like talking to people easier. When I pass that threshold of like slurring, I hate it. I hate. I, I haven't barfed in fucking decades.
3: <laughs> I was drinking fairly regularly. Mm. It was two drinks a day, but it was every day. And then Mm -hmm. I did a 100-day stop where I just went, okay, let's reset my body to alcohol. And then I, very Mm. little, just social drinking, but the creep creeped. And then it was Mm. drinking regularly, just come home from work, two drinks. Then quarantine happened. And Mm. (laughs) that was hard, and that was when I drank probably more than I've ever drank in my life. Again, Mm. not getting drunk, just getting tipsy Every night. Mm -hmm. And I was getting to be a not good body weight. And so I I cut down on the drinking. Then the surgery happened. And then I was just like, okay, I am done, done with drinking. And I actually went to an AA meeting because I thought, hey, this is what I've seen in movies and TV. What's your first initial J? J? (laughs) <laughs> and back. your last initial are crap. <laughs> and this is not a slam against AA. If you're an AA and it works for you, I say do it. If it works, it's working. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that. When I went to AA and I heard all the stories, none of them connected with me. It was like, yeah, this is not my experience. I am not having any of the emotions you're talking
0: about. A lot of people are there because of a rock bottom that you didn't hit. I think <laughs> yeah. I think
2: you were you had gotten onto the freeway <laughs> and you hadn't quite got to the off ramp yet. The off ramp that is fucking chaos. This is affecting yeah. my life. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So what I did instead was I read a book called Alan Carr's Easy Way to Control Alcohol. And mm-hmm. what that book basically does is it helps you get into the operating system of your brain and rewire it so you don't like alcohol. This is my experience. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. You changed your coding? Well, remember when you first had alcohol? Did you like the taste? Ew, gross. Who would acquire this taste? (laughs) So it was all about Getting back into that mindset of, ooh, this tastes nasty. I didn't want to be like, oh my gosh, they're drinking in front of me. I, I have to use all my willpower to resist it every time. That, that mm. didn't appeal to me. So I made, through this method, alcohol an unpleasant experience for me. When I, I drank, I would like really look inside my brain, do I enjoy being dizzy right now? Do I enjoy this feeling or have I just conditioned myself when happy stuff happens, I'm drinking? So is the joy (laughs) I get actually good or is it just latching on to other joy? Like one of the things it says as an experiment is if you think drinking makes you happy, go into an empty room with alcohol. Just sit there and drink. Is that fun? Mm. Probably not. Uh, You're probably going (laughs) to associate the happiness of being with your friends, talking with your friends with alcohol but really it's the talking with your friends that give you pleasure
2: Here, or here's my question really are you heading towards other things
3: no instead i don't like drugs that's I've the thing you have to watch for mm. because
2: no. yeah you, you i've can never just be like, been a drug guy. i don't drink but i did snort oxy three times today. <laughs>
0: yes but no. I, I did uh, several uh, so whippets been, on the way drug. to this podcast
2: yes i mean look looking for something that numbs the feelings Nope, that's
3: not alcohol. Yeah. Nope. Well, well
0: How, uh, how so, come, Jr? I thought you yeah. drank this whole time.
3: I was drinking when we were recording, talking terrific television. But I have not had a single sip of alcohol. So what the are you drinking? Time. What I, on cause the show? It, yeah, because
0: sometimes it looks like oh. you're you have a beer or oh, is that kombucha? This is called ginger beer. Ginger beer. Got Ooh. It. See, it's a brown yeah. bottle. That was the the full the yeah yeah. Oh, yeah,
3: good. I, I love ginger beer. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, but no, them. the I I quit drinking two thirds of the way through talking terrific television, and I haven't had a sip the entire time I've been on <clears throat> thirty twenty ten. I wish I could say that. Good job. <laughs> but I very much can't. Thanks.
0: But that's what I thought was fascinating about the movie Smash, James. Pondolt and Susan Burke Susan Burke in particular who is a recovering alcoholic like they hadn't seen their version of alcoholism depicted on on the big screen before I know um, I think Mads Mikkelsen had a movie about alcoholism come out recently but they were all pretty much Mm -hmm. the same and by pretty much the same I mean they were girl drink drunk from kids in the hall (laughs) and and these experiences are different and certain people I know found out they had a problem from unique circumstances you don't see depicted in movies and mainstream movies kind of I don't feel like they tackle a lot of addiction anymore. Ooh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I, and so many of them, it's, there is a, a cause. There is the one bad thing that happened. And now mm-hmm. it, it's an, emo- it, it is a moral failure mm-hmm. that they are a drunk. And it sounds like this avoids that, which so many of them don't. Yeah. Except mm-hmm. if you go back to kind of the original uh, Lost Weekend from 1945. Yes. Yep. That, I mean it really depicts like yeah just doing anything for a drink but also has characters saying he has a disease and it's mm-hmm. like from 1945 we were treating Good it that way why don't job, we do
3: 1945? that 1945 where go that's yeah, the...
2: it's a disease. Some people have it, and it shows up later in life. Some people, it shows up really early. Who knows? No, I've I've heard good thing about Smashed, and
3: it's great. I do highly recommend it. It's not my story of alcohol, but it is other people's story.
0: Mm. So I'm not there with you yet, Jr. To quit entirely, but I think I have told you. Let's say a certain recording night where I'm we're recording until like two a.m. Like that's taking longer and longer to recover from. Yeah, well, that's,
3: that's the other reason I quit. I'm too old. Yeah, you know? i feel feeling even, a little too old. Because I, I, even... I,
0: I, I found it with pepperoni. I'm just like, why am I doing this to myself? This hurts every single time. No more pepperoni.
3: That's the Carr method. The Alan Carr method is apply what you learned about pepperoni to alcohol. <laughs> well, I don't feel that I yet.
2: I am having trouble remembering the last time I was hungover. Because I don't drink that much, and I always have a big old glass of water before I go.
0: I was at Oktoberfest this weekend, got sick, but it wasn't because of the booze.
3: I was, I was a huge hydrate person. I would drink water while I was drinking. I was never hungover because of that, but I just, I was sleeping bad. Like mm. two drinks, even one drink, it was, okay, I had a bad night of sleep. And A Bad Night sleep in Your 40s is a lot harder than A Bad Night sleep in Your 20s. Okay,
0: okay, okay. We should move on to the terrible movies we don't recommend to anybody.
3: <laughs> Pretty
2: much. Oh, I I feel bad that I haven't, I, I'm kind of curious to see some of these, yes. the, the Atlas Shrugged movies. I don't know if they're through the book yet.
0: Uh, I think they're still, ki- they were kickstarting this one to the third one?
2: Yeah, they kickstarted started uh, at least two and three. Yeah,
0: because... The, the, they, can it nev-
2: was, they can never get the same cast back, but it's a pretty thick book. It
0: was such <laughs> a well, it was such it was a, a dismal, critical, and financial failure. The only people yeah, committing to having this made are the annoying college kids who want to tell you about Ayn Rand. It's awful, yeah. but part the two has finally made it. Patrick Fabian, uh, Esai With Morales... real
2: actors, Esai Morales, Samantha Mathis, yeah. Jason...
0: Sorry, Be- yeah. And uh, Samantha Mathis and Atlas Shrug 2, The Strike.
3: Atlas Shrugged it 2. turns
2: out the answer to everything is to let rich people do whatever they want.
3: Uh, I prefer the original title of this, Atlas 2 Shrug Harder. Uh. <laughs> or Atlas Electric Bugalo. I just like the red
0: circle with Ayn Rand sticking out with a number two on her fingers. Yeah. Um. <laughs> i'm not watching this i don't no. recommend any of you watch this this will make no. you a stupider and shittier person Same can't be said for the next film but it is
2: i think so i think this movie will make you dumber
0: <laughs> Carmen, this
2: movie was so dumb and Chicago, i'm angry about it
0: john renault edward burns rachel nichols matthew fox and tyler perry and alex cross i
1: have two or three guys to pull this off
0: this is one guy Detective Alex Cross is an expert on the criminal mind. What the world to suffer. Do you like it?
1: Yeah. I can't have that.
0: <laughs> but now, conflicting pain is part of my true calling. He's met his match. There's not one scenario that you have thought of that he hasn't already figured out. I'm going to enjoy this. Let me see
2: your hands!
0: Alex Cross, you 13. Oh alex cross new franchise for tyler perry the man who least needed a new franchise
2: i mean it's been 11 years since the last alex cross along came a spider before that was kiss the girls five years before that morgan freeman it feels like a better fit for this there are so many alex cross stories that yes this should be a film franchise and we get them every couple
3: of years no it should be a high quality tv show this film or that, is yeah like a pilot for that high-quality TV show. This is not a movie, you know? It's like mm. when you watch that Star Trek The Next Generation movie where they go to the planet and everyone is making basket weaves and you're like, this is an episode <laughs> of a TV show, not a movie. Yeah. That's what this movie is. It's Yeah, but they try to
2: movie it up. It, they try to movie it up because it's directed by Rob Cohen, who we've talked about repeatedly. He's an absolute piece of shit, but he directed Fast and the Furious and Triple X. Yeah bad fit for the material.
3: Yeah, I I think this has one of the worst fight scenes of the year. The camera (laughs) is so incredibly shaky and the cameraman is like deliberately obscuring the fight. It's like if I make this shaky enough, you can't see how horrible an action star Tyler Perry is. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I actually enjoy him as a filmmaker at times, but he is not an action guy. And the cameraman knows it and shakes the camera to hide it. And this gets into a problem with a lot of action films is they try to hide the action with a shaky cam. Jason Board did it because it worked for the story. You're doing it because this actor cannot do action moves
2: this was just real real rough all around yeah tyler perry i i gave him a chance on this i'm like i i don't feel like you're quite right for this i realize this this is basically a prequel to all the other stuff let's give him a chance and it's just he doesn't i don't know he comes across as like too nice too jovial like he doesn't seem like a dedicated forensics guy who looks into the minds of the darkest people ever also putting matthew fox and edward burns in a movie together when they're not playing brothers (laughs) is a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) They look so alike sometimes.
0: Oh, so it's the most generic looking white dudes of all time standing right next to one another.
2: Uh, This was was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Oh my god,
0: they look fucking exactly the same. I'm hovering... Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um,
2: You can't tell me that they're two people. uh, You can't actually prove that.
0: Lastly, something I am not in any way qualified to talk about, but will make more money than probably any movie this year who could forget katie featherston alexandra lee steve steven dunham matt Shively, and katherine newton in the unforgettable paranormal activity four. he's
2: coming he's coming there's a new kid from across the street he's creepy you guys want to see something really cool connect projects tracking dots look at that see it's moving what the hell You want to meet Robbie's friend? Yeah. He's right there. It's nice to meet you. I know you're pretending. He does not like you. I think there's something in my house. It's three in the morning. Can you tell me who you were talking to? Nobody.
0: (laughs) And I say that not shitting on the Paranormal Activity movies. They are just some of the few her movies that really work on me. They're like the mm. games I don't want to play. I find the scares genuine. And I, yeah, I, I don't know where this is. This to me is like, is this
2: the first one in color? <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, no. uh, yeah, somebody... No, some...
2: it's, it's in the middle of the pack of how many of these there have been. There's so right. many.
0: It's a sequel to two, but because yeah. the third one's a prequel, but the technology's more advanced here. I, I I guess I should probably maybe give these a shot this go-around, if I get someone else to do it with me. Yeah, can't tell you much about Paranormal. Did anybody anybody else see it? Not our couple of I have
3: not. Seen a single film? I've
0: seen Paranorman. Love it. Recommend it every day. Yep,
3: yeah,
2: saw yeah. that. Um, I gotta go by reviews on these because they do send, tend to run together. I I feel like we've dropped the ball on modern horror because we keep ignoring Paranormal Activity and Saw movies on this show. I'm just but like we recommended Sinister. Yeah. Give us so, a pass. Yeah. I mean the reviews were like it's okay. They're they're doing what they're doing. I'm looking and at
0: Sam Moon, in the Laser Time community, not- to tell us what's up. He tends to break down horror movies. He's doing that a lot lately. Laser Time Facebook yeah. community, check it out.
2: Yeah, saying like, okay, it's not as good as previous ones, but it's okay. It does what it's setting out to do. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. I just want to know, does someone in the movie say, you don't really believe that's possible, do you? I bet someone does. I bet someone does. We have the trifecta.
0: And it makes almost as much as the ring... On a five million dollar budget, and it is ten years later. It is like one tenth of what The Ring cost to make. Paranormal Activity Oy. for So, I mean, that's that's you know, I like my horror movies low budget and creative. I'm not not shitting on that. It's just not my cup of tea because yeah, I'm not really scared by many horror movies except for these. I don't like games where this is a thing anyway. The, the horror stuff I do like. Television, Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror. Otherwise known as the one time a year I tune in for a new episode of The Simpsons, Treehouse. Yeah,
3: so this is a solid episode. You know, I watch new episodes of The Simpsons occasionally. Uh, I'm a season one through 13 guy, but I'll watch them and I'll be like, this is good. This is perfectly fine. It starts out with a reference to the Mayan calendar, which (laughs) is pretty funny. Then it goes into a black hole being opened in Springfield and everyone throwing crap into it, which, of course, makes it grow larger and then disaster happens. Oh, donut,
0: like donut county. Great game. Then...
3: Uh There's a paranormal activity spoof where Uh where Homer does the paranormal thing and he puts cameras all over it, ending with a demon-demon-Homer threesome. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have Bart going back to the past, preventing Homer and Marge from ever getting married, and then his new father is Artie Artie Ziff. Ziff. And he's rich and famous. During quarantine, I watched every single Treehouse of Horror episode oh in a row in the month of October. I was trying to do one a day. Got a little off, but I was pretty close. And about twenty of them I had never seen, and they were all good. It's so... like
0: even when they're hit and miss, they're mm-hmm. kind of supposed to be. When they're uneven, they're sort of supposed to be. In the end very quickly it's just in terms of like halloween animation this rules why don't more shows do this
3: yeah i'm trying to arrange a candy exchange at my house for the neighborhood kids and my intention is on the background to just have a treehouse of horror episodes playing
2: Mm. i'm I'm trying to look up wait how many treehouses of horrors do we have we definitely 34 yeah, we, we definitely have enough that you can do one a day for October. But <laughs> we're, halfway, we're halfway through October, so you all got to catch up.
0: Yeah, all on Di- would be all streaming on Disney Plus for some God weird reason.
3: Yeah, thirty two, so you could watch two on actual Halloween night to be special.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, do do two a day from right now yep. to then. And
3: you're good. Yep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also on TV this week, uh, How I Met Your Mother, Who Wants to Be a godparent?
3: Two of the people on this show have a baby, and shocking, they're realizing that their crazy 20-year-old lifestyle does not fit with being a parent. Who would have guessed Mm. that? But it tackled something I don't see tackled very often on shows. Lily and Marshall can't decide on a godparent for their kid. In case they die, who does it go to? This is a real thing.
1: Oh yeah, you know uh,
3: both, both my parents and my wife's parents are pushing 80. so mm. not not really great Godfather uh, material, honestly. <laughs> so trying to pick who do you want your kids to be with when you die is really, really hard. <laughs> and mm. and this show has all their friends super happy and eager to take on the godfather role, godmother role. That's not the case in reality. <laughs> Having your friends agree to take care of your kids until they become adults if you die is a really big ask. Like mm. super big.
2: Yeah. I I I had to think about this for a while. Yeah, when I became an aunt of like really it was okay. First, first is what do I say if they come and ask me? Mm -hmm. And then second of all was, and then to let them know what I was thinking without it being like, and you should do this or it will hurt my feelings forever.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So my, my explanation for this was, um, look, I never volunteered for parenthood, but if I were drafted, (laughs) I would answer the call. Unless you're, like, someone I barely know.
0: That's why I want no, money.
2: No, if there's a kid out there who needs a home, I'll give them the home.
0: So what What will, Patreon tier is that?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh. At what point will I adopt you? Oh,
0: uh, uh, $3 million. $3 million I will raise yeah. your child. Any way oh. I want. And it'll probably involve a podcast <laughs> exploitation.
2: You know, and so many people, they they say stuff like, oh, you don't have kids, so who's going to look after you in your old age? And I say, my nieces and nephews and my friend's kids who are all vying to be the sole heir to my fortune. Yeah, I, That's who will take care of me. I have a better answer that's to that why question. That's being a godmother is cool. Who will
0: take care of me in my old age? The fucking carny where my corpse will be held up to scare children <laughs> for <laughs> centuries after I'm dead. It'll be great. It's a great plan. Don't steal it. I need space in that. Anywho, I mean, that's not the most depressing thing we're going to talk about. Celebrity rehab mercifully ends this week
3: oh, thank because right. Dr. Drew explains why he did the show on the clip
0: a lot of sort of disdain uh, toss towards celebrities as though when they go and take care of this serious medical problem that they're somehow going to spa treatments or something goofy like that the reality is that addiction is a dangerous medical condition. The people that we treat in this program have a, a worse prognosis than most cancer patients. The treatment process itself is grueling and intense, and we just thought it was time people took a good look at what this actually is. Oh my God, shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut up, Dr. Drew. He is exploiting people for addiction problems. And I'm not saying that any of the people on this show died because they appeared on Celebrity Rehab, but their deaths were exploited by Dr. Drew and the producers of this show for Car Crash Entertainment. And going through the Mm -hmm. cast, at least two people per season are dead who are on this show. His
3: point is that if he ran a show about people in cancer treatment and people died, you'd expect that to happen. No. But because he's running a show about addiction, you think that there's some magic cure that means everyone on his show is not going to die.
0: I don't think these people... Were effectively treated (laughs) for their addiction. Though being on an entertaining television show and being effectively treated for addiction cannot be the same thing. It cannot be the same thing for cancer patients. You cannot be on a show that's supposed to be entertaining and car crash and get those get those uh, those bald kids out of bed and have them dance for you. If this show has recurring cast members, meaning this isn't working. They need to try something different. And I think it was exploitative. I think Dr. Drew's filled with shit on on more more occasions than just this. Mm. And almost everybody relapsed before they got real help. They were just paid more to receive fake help on a television show.
2: I wonder, it would be an interesting experiment if it makes a difference that there are camera people there. Versus if you had a hidden camera show. These
0: are professionally trained people. They're going to be working.
2: It's just it's so invasive and i understand mm-hmm. like the idea of i i see where he's coming from the idea of like let's demystify this let's show you what what work goes on in rehab and the kind of things people deal with but it's like so exploitative yeah. that i can't quite intervention is a
0: show that's already on and
2: yes and that's also exploitative
0: exactly but in the last season of this i think they realized that and they start casting regular folks because nobody's getting better in fact people are dying immediately after the season is over so it was barely preventative no i don't like the way drew talks about uh, dr drew talks about the show he monetized the rehab of desperate people and all the people by the way most of our terrible people I don't <laughs> it's
3: hard to like
2: why why you gotta be celebrities too that's yeah
3: uh, because you well in his final right. season he had non- celebrities yes. but yeah
2: right yeah boy um, well,
3: Rodney
0: King that's on rough. season two I'm sure mm. Jeff Conway I think being the most famous train wreck oh, on the show
2: oh that poor guy yeah yeah
0: yeah and uh speaking of uh Entertainment and exploitation. <laughs> My life is a lifetime movie debuts on lifetime.
3: <laughs> so yeah, this is just finding the peoples whose lives were fodder for lifetime movies. Wow. Sticking a camera in them and you know having the snake eat its own tail. <laughs> oh.
2: Wait, this isn't a competition reality show because That would be much more interesting. No,
3: no. This is the real (laughs) stories behind Lifetime movies made by Lifetime.
1: I'm sure we will
0: get there, Diana. That will be our version of Handmaid's Tale. No, I got the stupidest (laughs) fucking life. Make a movie out of my shit. I'm 10 years old and I'm going to have a baby. Um, (laughs) My life is a Lifetime movie. Is that all we got on that, JR? That's all I got. Hell yeah. Let's move on (laughs) to Video Games 2012, uh, The Lord of the Rings, online. Riders of Rohan on Windows.
3: So, Lord of the Rings Online is such a weird MMO. Mm -hmm. It has been around since April of 2007. Right, it's
0: still still going.
3: It is still going. So, I bought a lifetime membership to Lotro before it went free to play and before I was even married. And I got into it for about maybe a year. And I was like, this is really cool. Then, you know, wandered off. And then I come back after, I think it would be 13, 14 years. And I have found that it has gone free to play. Oh, yeah. And that Mm -hmm. my lifetime membership got me in-game currency for the last 13 years. (laughs) (laughs) So now...
2: So this am, this is like the Futurama episode where you have yes, like two dollars in the bank, and the,
3: <laughs> and the only
2: person for you to play a thousand years of interest, and the only person, person for Jr. to, to play the,
0: the only person for Jr. to play as <laughs> is smug just sitting on top of all this treasure. <laughs> it,
3: in Lotro's currency, I am basically a millionaire at this point. I can just like <laughs> spend money on anything I feel like, and it means nothing. Wow. <laughs>
0: Well, see if you can sell some of it
3: online. Uh, I, I ask, and apparently they don't make it easy, and it's mm. easy to get scammed. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Listeners, if you play Lotro <laughs> and you have any ideas how to just spend a redonkulous amount of their in-game currency on something, let me know, because I will do some crazy <laughs> stunt just to blow. Thirteen years worth of built up uh, payments. This,
0: this is why everybody loves in-game currency. So many fun <laughs> things to do. Um.
2: <laughs> like just literally cash it in for gold, lots of gold pieces, and just make a mountain of them, and just sit back <laughs> and be see. Smog.
0: What <laughs> <laughs> just, exactly. Be
2: smog and see. Are people just gonna walk up and try to take some of it, or <laughs> <laughs> or does do people just be like, well, this is a trap. I'm not touching that shit. <laughs>
0: hmm. And then um.
2: <laughs> that's hilarious
0: uh,
1: i think then,
2: this is a reminder for all other gamers too if you if you had an online thing and then you walked away from it but didn't delete it go check it out <laughs> and see what kind of crazy shit you can get up to yeah
0: i was i saw a play this weekend based on something similar a dead person's D game and I was telling mm-hmm. the person who directed it that like video games have a lot of stories like that, people connecting to dead people through their ghosts or their Animal Crossing towns that are that kind of thing.
3: I've got a quarantine Animal Crossing town that I haven't visited in two and a half years now, so I'm I'm <laughs> vaguely curious to see if it's just like cobweb infested at this point. I don't know. Uh, I just I hope Tom we built
2: looks a and... casino. It's Potterville now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yes,
0: Tom Nook, a bunch of free-loading tie, huh? Garlic eaters everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. I'm a garlic eater. Also out this weekend for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, 007 Legends, a greatest hits video game. Of... Ooh.
3: Uh, this was an odd duck. Oh, yeah. It's trying to tie in every single period of the James Bond films, including George Lazerby. Mm-hmm. Ooh into one storyline.
2: Oh, that's silly.
3: (laughs) And it was told that it had to be out before Skyfall in November was released. Mm -hmm. So it got rushed. So as it was shipped, there was no ending because they didn't want to spoil Skyfall. Uh So the game just stopped, and then they added Skyfall as DLC later on.
2: Oh, man.
0: It is is one of the... Most beautiful and funny and tragic things in the world that somehow the James Bond franchise got mistaken for a AAA video game franchise because it had one great game.
3: One great mm. game. And, and mm-hmm. one, only it, one amazing Bond game that everyone loves. And it
0: got bid on and resold by all these other companies who treated it like AAA properties. But the reality is, if you treat it like a movie game based around movies, that can't really be the case. If you based it on, if you don't want to license, music characters and events and cars people aren't gonna like it as much so it, 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 this is the last james bond game what yeah yep this is it uh and until it, whatever it, yeah it
2: opens with skyfall yeah though it opens with the same opening as skyfall it isn't out yet that's pretty cool yeah
0: skyfall which I, I love can't wait to watch again
2: oh i cannot wait to talk about it. i'm just looking through like the cast list like oh who do, who do they bring in they bring in uh this character, you know, they got to deal with Goldfinger, and then they got to deal with uh, Gustav Graves, and they got to deal with Hugo Drax, and they, they got some of the people back. It's, Not a lot. They got, uh, I'm seeing Carrie Lowell's back, Toby Stevens, and uh, Michael Lunsdale. I mean, I think
0: that's the last time Connery yeah. played and Bond Rory Kinnear. is in a game.
2: Roy Rory Kinnear. and Naomi Harris from the newer movies. And
0: and it's just what, it's, it is also tragic if you're that nostalgic for James Bond. This game is gone. It will probably mm-hmm. never yep. be available again. It wasn't. It didn't review very well. It didn't sell very well. Pick up a copy if you see one in the public. It might be on But Wii if U. you
3: buy the physical use copy, you can't access the DLC, wow. so you can't get the Skyfall ending. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Fuck.
2: Oh,
0: boy. And then, oh, wait, look at that. Ten years from the day, Roller Coaster Tycoon 3D on 3DS.
3: And this hey. is Roller Coaster Tycoon's crash and burn. Really? Because oh. it has been all downhill since 3, mm-hmm. and they keep coming out with these other games that are just like, you know that thing about Roller Coaster Tycoon, the freedom? We're going to take that away from you. Mm-hmm. And this has far less freedom than to... It doesn't even have fireworks. I mean, that's a very simple thing to do. It's always compared to two, and it's always found wanting. If
0: I felt better, I really just wanted to flip the table in front of me like, No! Fireworks! (laughs) That sounds super important! (laughs) And then last, but definitely not least, we leave the best game of the the week for the last. uh, Euro Truck Simulator 2 for PC. If you ever wanted to drive with a steering wheel on the other side of the vehicle? Now you may.
3: Now you may. It is trivially easy to find people who started a career in trucking because they like this game. Really? I am what? serious. Like, if you want a driving game, like a non breaking driving game, this is still considered one of the best ones out there. Wow. It's incredible cheap. It's fun. It has beautiful scenery. If your PC is a potato, it can run this game. <laughs> and... As I mentioned, I've never got into DUI, never done anything like that. I did get very tipsy and play Euro Truck Simulator 2 wow. because I wanted to see what it was like to drive drunk. <laughs> How'd you do? Ask I you... was wearing an Oculus Rift while I was playing it.
2: Oh, God. Oh, and so you're already I... half drunk putting that thing on.
3: Exactly. <laughs> and it did not go well. It was very much, oh, yes, the demon rum. This is why you should not drink and drive. Sweetest of the brown (laughs) liquors.
2: See, see, I thought it was hilarious with, with Brexit, where they like lost Britain, like lost all of their truck drivers overnight. And I was like, now, if you fools would open up your visas to bring in Americans, specifically Americans from the West, the Western states, we got all your problems solved. The problem over there is they're not used to driving long distances. We Mm. can do that shit in our sleep. Six hours, not a fucking problem. Uh, Yeah, I'm
0: not kidding. Like if I was forced to make a career change immediately, like I love driving. And I love driving across states, which I've had the luxury to do a couple times. I love the idea of doing this.
2: Yeah, the only problem is uh England here in America we have comfort lanes. Like they said on Seinfeld, mm. it is actually true. We have comfort lanes. Our lanes are wider over there. They are very fucking narrow. That's true. And it is very even if you're you get used to driving on the wrong side of the truck, the lanes are so freaking narrow. That is
0: true. And a lot of cliff sides out there in Europe that just oh, yeah. somebody fucking build not... a road, a real road here for fuck's no, sake. No.
2: They're why does like, have oh, to be? Well...
0: Why does my work have to be like wages of fear every day?
2: It's, it's good enough for one cow at a time 600 years ago i'm sure it's
3: fine for
1: a modern <laughs>
0: Could barely fit an american werewolf on this this road but
3: yeah this this is a unique genre it's totally. like we're gonna simulate a very normal job but it feels good to do it you get a little yeah. dopamine rush of i deliver the things here's Dri- your money now yeah. i'm gonna drive somewhere else you know put on your podcast while playing this game yeah. people i'm telling you yeah
0: Yeah, driving to me is a thoroughly relaxing experience, and when you find the right thing to listen to, it's like, I could do this for money. Of course, people get paid to do this? This is already (laughs) bliss, driving through the desert. That is about it for the show. We're going to tell you who died and do a fun little quiz you can participate in about who was born during this period. i got to say, listen to Laser Time. Uh, JR and I have done a bunch more bonus shows, some Halloween-y stuff, including the resurrection of Elm Street Nightmare. We're finishing off the Chucky movie series, starting with Seed of John Waters' Seed of Chucky. Yes, I'm calling it his movie, even though it's Don Mancini's directorial <laughs> debut. We have watched that movie and done the Elm Street Nightmare treatment on it as well as Halloween 3 and Friday 13 3. die where can people find you at?
2: They can find me on the Twitter at Listening Nerd L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E R D or follow the show at 302010 Podcast. That's 302010 Podcast coming up next week. What good stuff do we have to talk about? Oh shit, Chris is not going to be able to shut up. You you gotta you gotta Take lots of vitamin C, get lots of rest, because there's a show on MTV in 2002 that was just too hot for TV. Oh, really? And so they made a movie, because now you can swear oh and show balls getting stapled to things. Jackass, the movie turns 20.
0: Would it surprise you that I put on... <laughs> piece of this movie just today because it makes me very happy I just want to see the credits
2: and then also we have uh, the Wachowskis coming back and they're telling some interlocking stories which made both best film and worst film lists and I am interested to revisit
0: yeah me too me too and I I thought you were referring to my love of George Strait's
3: pure country I
2: mean it's pure
3: (laughs) uncut country (laughs) unpasteurized country JR what about you they can find me on the Twitter at JR R-A-L-L-S but I do want to play that we are going to be talking about the best Lord of the Rings game of all time next week Jesus Christ, it's been like every Ooh. week so far
2: Oh, we have an LA Law episode I gotta try to find online and show you guys because okay. you're going to laugh your asses off okay. It's extremely memorable <laughs> and, and that's not the one with the elevator Don't worry <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, with that out of the way, patreon.com slash laser times where you can support us. We do thank you a lot. Uh, Diana, who died.
2: The only death I found this week is in 2012 is when we lost King Norodom Sihanouk of no. Cambodia. He was 89. Really complicated guy. He was the
0: greatest king of Cambodia. I shouldn't say things I know. No, I don't know. Anything well, about he was person.
2: king of Cambodia for a very long time. He was king when they were still a French colony. And then he stopped being king so he could enter politics. What? And then he went back to being king, and then the Rouge took over, and he was sort of still king, but sort of not. And then I think he left it again, and then he was king again. It's very, very complicated, and he has a very confusing legacy. Also, he directed more than 50 films.
0: <laughs> is, is he our second greatest director king behind Kim uh, Jong?
2: I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, but he was a very, very... Long-lived monarch, shall we say? So, mm. yeah. They but uh, Queen that. Elizabeth, I think, finally beat him because there was that chunk in the middle where he wasn't king for a while. So, eh.
3: Ooh, and with, I, that. with that out of the way, it's time for the birthday quiz.
2: Oh, birthday is
3: a doodly do, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong do. <gasps> Turning sixty, born October 17, nineteen sixty-two, mm-hmm. in. Guayaquil, okay. Ecuador. Oh, God. Ooh. But raised in the U.S. state of New Mexico, he spent part of his life working on a chicken farm God. before graduating from the University of California, San Diego, 1985, briefly worked at Silicon Valley at Parallax Graphics, but left because... He disliked the company's culture and said the people I met were like Stepford wives. They were true believers in something, and I don't know what it was. (laughs) He joined a blues band for a couple of years before graduating. No, (laughs) graduated. (laughs) Ecuadorian Jim. Ecuadorian (laughs) Jimbo. If I say pretty much anything that he's known for, it's an instant giveaway. So I'm going to say that he was the voice of Kenny for his unblurred line in South Park: The Movie.
2: Oh crud!
3: Fuck, I did remember. Wow. This. I didn't remember this. Um, oh shoot! No, that's not
2: who I was thinking
3: of. Not James Hetfield? No. No, wait. He was in the 2009 film Extract, which he wrote and directed. I should have said not in. Yeah, Mike Judge. It is Mike Judge. God. All right, Chris yeah. finally got me. If You're I said than me. Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, Silicon Valley, office any space. of those uh, things. Yeah. Office yeah. space. Uh, it would just uh, Idiocracy. All yeah. of that would just be a one shot. So yeah. Tales from a oh.
0: tour bus, underrated Mike Judge show. Animated tales from country music scandals of the fifties, sixties, and seventies.
2: Oh, Ooh. that sounds fun. Yeah. I just started watching the new Beavis and Butthead, and it is as good as ever, if it's, not better
0: unbelievable how much how well it holds up and how
2: oh, watching
0: tiktok god. videos <laughs> is, is when when bts a bts music video comes on and beavis knows everything about them it's fucking hilarious it's fucking hilarious All just, it, doing it's asmr
2: oh the mean? asmr one ASMR, yeah. just destroyed me I'm just <laughs> beavis i swear to god i'm gonna hit you so hard tap <laughs> oh that felt good that made my scalp kind of tingle do it again <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, Mike Judge is...
2: All right. Mike Judge born in Ecuador. I what?
0: did not know that. Yeah, none at all. How?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought all. he was texting through and through.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just a wonderful track record as a writer-creator. Even the stuff that bombs is idiocracy and really worth and watching. Office Space. Office, office Space
3: was not a hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nope.
2: I think Extract was the weakest thing I've seen from him, and I still got some good laughs out of it.
0: Yeah, and and maybe the it good the good family... Oh no, yeah. The liberal version of King of the Hill. Anywho. Oh
2: my god. And it also, besides the Beavis and Butthead TV show, Beavis and Butthead do the universe. So I think is the biggest the biggest laughs I've had all year. It was so good. I laughed so hard. It was so good. How if we only had a car. And uh I think we're in a car.
0: And if you if you aren't watch if you didn't see that movie or the show, it's how they get old Beavis and Butthead and 90s Beavis and Butthead to exist in the same universe. It's a genius. Repilot. Uh wow yeah I'm
3: actually really intrigued now
0: <laughs> yes it's,
2: it's really funny about how they yeah they send them to space
0: yeah when Mike Judge sent, showed that picture of what Beavis and Butthead looked like they, when they were old that was for a reason it wasn't going to be a one-off gag you
2: it's fantastic I seriously cackling I was laughing so hard yay Mike Judge
0: yeah all right well thank you guys so much for the listening
2: all right I'm I, giving you guys a choice we got dead people to talk about so do we want to go with I drove all night by Roy orbison which was a posthumous release we talked about in 92 it is one or of the do best we to go it's a great song
0: it's an awesome or do, song
2: or do we go with uh angela lansbury because we just lost her and if so which one she she won like seven tony she yeah, I did don't, a lot of singing
0: i'm gonna leave jr as a tiebreaker here because I, I gotta love, say roy yeah sorry i
2: i even though open a new window for mame is pretty good from a not very
0: good show i drove all night is awesome and i knew it as a roy orbison song and i'll never forget i went to a proto men show and that's the oddly Mega Man based very good music the proto men and they were covering i drove all night and one of the women who was there with us she's like it's celine dion and i she was correct celine dion did cover i drove all night she, re- <laughs> she recognized it for, as a Celine Dion song and went nuts. And the Prodamen song is cover is amazing as well, but nothing beats the original. I drove all night. I
2: actually, I think it was a Cyndi Lauper song, but I'm trying to look up who got it first.
0: Really, it was Cyndi yeah. Lauper
2: first. Cyndi Lauper got it first, wow. but it was written for Roy Orbison, so eventually he got around to it. Thank goodness. Crazy. I have no idea.
0: Just can't imagine Cyndi Lauper to drive to someone's room and make out with him in the middle of the night. But that could happen. Women probably do that, right? I guess that astronaut lady did. And then (laughs) (laughs) Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Take us out, Roy. We'll see you next week.